There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show. It's Monday, April 26th, 2021. We call the program questions from the audience. It's really just what the podcast is. Uh, and that's just bullshitting. Jackson, yep. that's what it is. It's what it is. Jackson, you graduated from college this weekend, but you really didn't graduate from college this weekend. You kind of graduated, but you walked this weekend. Yeah, I officially graduated, like finished all my classes August 1st, 2020. But uh, this previous weekend was the official ceremony where they, you know, do the whole nine yards and wear the cap and gown along with your fellow classmates. And it was really cool. I, uh, I have walked, but I haven't graduated. Hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. The plan was to finish, I think it's eight credit hours. It's been a running joke on the show for 17 years. Um, and then I just didn't. And th the only reason why I would get those eight credit hours is because on the day I walked, which was December 1998, were you alive? Uh, yes, I was about nine months old. Perfect. That uh, my uh, grandmother made me promise her that I would graduate, mm -hmm. get those other eight hours. It's the only reason I would do it. Now, what I wanted to ask you uh -huh. is the following. Now that, now that it's in the rearview mirror, ceremony and proper amount of credit hours. I've had the ceremony, not the proper amount of credit hours. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, I don't want to say it's worth it, because I don't know if you can calculate that, but do you feel like it's necessary? I do not believe that the, the, the degree, per se, I mean... In our current state, you have, not have to, but it's important to have the piece of paper saying you graduated from college. What I will say about college is outside of what you learn in the classroom, it teaches you so much about becoming independent, social skills, time management being a huge part of it, kind of managing yourself without guidance from your parents, uh, living on your own for the first time. So the the education part of it, I believe, is less necessary than the entire experience uh, where you build so many important life skills that you use for the rest of your life. And it's a really good gateway into adulthood, I believe. I don't think college is necessary. Mm -hmm. I agree with your premise, but I don't think that you need to spend whatever. I, I think education is this monster bubble. Mm -hmm. It has to be. It just has to be. I don't know... To me, this this podcast, in a sense, has kind of become about calling shots in advance, mm -hmm. uh, at least attempting to, certainly not being right all the time. Um, and I guess we've called a good number of them in advance, but I don't necessarily feel like it's like, I really think the Blues are going to rattle off five straight, that kind of shit, where you're just kind of throwing a dart, and then if you don't hit it, you don't say anything about it, and if you do, then you become the guy who keeps talking about it. I called it. You don't fucking know what that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But if you can look at trends, you can kind of see things. And so from my standpoint, 
investing in real estate in relocation areas is a five-star play. Mm-hmm. Could be off the mark, but I, I mean, I like I'm bullish as fuck on it. Um, and then on the other side of, of something that I would sell on, it would be on education. It, and, and my reasoning is this. Now, first off, the one premise is subjective, and that premise is college is not necessary. Mm-hmm. Some people certainly will uh, agree with that. I think the vast majority would disagree, but I am of the opinion it's just not necessary um, when it really gets down to it. Um, my reasoning being cost, number one, it's not I mean, if if you're not in a spot where you have a scholarship or your parents were in a position to pay for it for you, you were coming out of it in substantial debt. Yeah. Uh, So there is that element of it. But then when it gets down to it, you are doing it to get a job with this piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And and I just I think I think it's almost become dogma. Maybe this podcast should be called anti dogma Hmm. because. You know, the relocation thing, for example, yeah. is in working remotely. It's dogma. It's dogma. And, and when I say dogma, it's something that people just accept without challenging. Mm-hmm. And that is where I'm coming from on it. It's just, when it gets down to it, it's just not necessary. Now, I recognize one might be listening to this and going, well, no, it is actually necessary for me to have this degree to qualify for this job. And what I am telling you is I agree with that. That's not disputable. What I'm saying is it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Now, certain professions, I understand. I'm talking in general. If your goal is to not become a doctor, if your goal is to not become a lawyer, um, take your pick, whatever, accounting, whatever it is, I understand that there are certain ones that that is, that is absolutely required and you have to have residency. You have to have law school, those types of things. I'm talking about if you just go into it with a general idea and you are not going into it with a, I'm going to be a doctor, my goal is to be a doctor, that kind of approach to college, it is not necessary. And it has, I couldn't have, I couldn't care any less about the fact that I don't have it. It means nothing. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, you've gotten this far at this, at this point. We can kind of look at the scoreboard and go, yeah, OK, it doesn't matter. It's not I, I guess if somebody wants to go, well, you didn't graduate from college as a shot. I'm like, OK, I, to me, I look, OK, I didn't graduate from college and look, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. I mean, it's, it, it's got nothing to do with my success has nothing to do with graduating from college or not graduating from college. It It's my premise is people just go along with it, go along with it, go along with it, go along with it. And. And then in reality, it's still, if you don't perform, it doesn't matter. Now, people may say you have to get the degree in order to get invited into the game to have a chance to perform. And I understand that. But what I am trying to say is employers would be better served if they were able to bring people on board at an earlier age, train them, and then not be in a spot where you may have to pay certain salary levels because somebody does have the piece of paper. And especially when you know that some of the game is rigged for who gets to get into certain schools, mm-hmm. which we saw with the college admission scandal. Yeah. So that is, that is my premise. That is my premise. And certainly I'm looking at, at what my experience was and what Doug and I joke about with our industry. That's one thing. I mean, that's a, that's, it's almost like acting. It's almost like athletics in the sense that, you know, either you can do it or you can't. And there really is only so much training that, that, 
you know, it's just one of those things. I'm talking about in general because I think so many people go into college going, oh, I'm just going to college. What are you going to major in? I don't know. guess I'll just do this general thing, and then I'll figure it out. And so that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. That's the kind of thing. And, oh, you didn't go to college as if it's some kind of – there are so many opportunities that are out there but it's not necessarily the dogma that is you have to go to college. And that is, that is my premise. So I think whether it be for trades, for sales, uh, from entrepreneurial ventures, it just I think it's just one of these things that you think it puts you on the road to success because back in the day it was something that not everybody was able to do. And it's not to say that everybody can do it now. But there are only so many spots aboard the SS elite. Mm-hmm. And if everybody is getting to do essentially the same thing, i.e. going to college, graduating from college, whatever the case might be, uh, that, uh, that supply with regards to the, sh- the number of spots on the SS elite um, is, is overloaded. And so going to college doesn't necessarily make you stand out. I couldn't care any less. Again, I recognize my business is different than the mainstream business, but I couldn't care any less. Mm-hmm. You know, I had you upload that Nick Saban soundbite, mm-hmm. which we just never got to today on the radio show, and maybe we'll play it tomorrow, I don't know. Yeah. But he was talking about, to paraphrase, you know, he worked in the NFL for eight years. Of course, he's known as the Alabama head coach. But, you know, in addition to his time at Michigan State, LSU, and Alabama, he had the time at the Dolphins, and he was in the NFL, and he was at Toledo with Gary Pinkle, and, uh, or no, excuse me, at Kent State with Gary Pinkle. And so he was talking about all these traits. This guy can do this. He can run this fast. He's great in coverage. He's this, 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 this. And you want to be an, and he is a great guy inside the room. And he is somebody who works out, who's studying film. And you don't want to be a butt guy. And butt guy not being a guy attracted to asses. Totally separate conversation. Mm-hmm. Butt guy being he's got, all these, he's got all these outstanding attributes on the field. But the coaches really don't like him because they know he's going to do this or that. Or he's going to be a problem on social media. Or he gets in bar fights or whatever the case might be. And from my standpoint, okay, you, you got a 4-5 and a degree, or you got a 4-0 and a degree, got it. That's there. That's on paper. But it's the issues of the ands or buts, from my standpoint anyway, when I'm hiring people, that I look for. And I guess at this point, with a decent track record, we've, we've, we've certainly hit way more than we've missed. Mm-hmm. And again, those are traits. When you were hired for this, I don't, I don't even know if we even talked about whether or not you graduated. I'm sure you might have talked about it. I know I didn't look at it. No. Um, and it was more about approach and the way that you went about things. Same with Gangster Pete. Gangster Pete had an MBA. Yeah. You know, I, so that's where I'm coming from. And maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I have no idea. But it's, it's just one of the, I, I, I don't, I've, as I've talked about here over the last couple of weeks, I, I don't know how or why, but for the la- for whatever reason, the last few months, there have been a number of things that have been um, unintentional arrivals in journeys of self-awareness, journeys I didn't even know I was taking. <laughs> and one of the things that I have discovered is I really have a problem with doing things that have no point, especially if you are told to do these things that have no point. Mm-hmm. 
They don't matter anymore. I know growing up, for example, it was a big thing for my dad. I don't know if my brothers and my sister dealt with this. I have no idea. For me to go to church, big deal. And, and at that time, and this was in high school, because um, I, could, I could drive. So it had to be my junior and senior year. It was mm-hmm. the only time it had to been going on because I couldn't drive until my junior year. I was young for my class. And so he would wake me up to make sure I got my ass over to St. Joan of Arc's noon mass on Sundays. So I was still sleeping. Mm-hmm. The idea of being able to sleep till noon is <laughs> four. You know, I just I can't even imagine being able to do that now. I would imagine you could do it though, Jackson, right? Yeah, but I'd have to go to bed like early into the morning. It'd be like a three or four a.m. night for yeah. me to sleep that late. Yeah, I'm not that far removed from it. Like I was still doing that stuff, you know, within the last ten years, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But then that's what I did, and I I don't know how many hours I must have slept like ten hours, and he would have to wake me up like at eleven forty-five. And my issue with it wasn't necessarily the church thing. I got it. I wasn't on board with it, but I understood his reasoning as my father, and I'm not 18, and I'm living in their house, and they want me to be a quote-unquote, you know, Catholic. Mm -hmm. I follow that. But the whole thing was, why do I have to go to church? And I guess then you go into the Ten Commandments and keep holy the the Sabbath. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I, I guess. You know, a skeptic might say it's well, you can make the donations. But either way, that was the deal. And I had a problem. I'm like, oh, there's no point. And now you're now, if anything, if your goal is to have me be a person of faith, your action is actually leading to an aversion because I associate it with something I don't want to do that I don't see having any point. Mm-hmm. So that's back when I'm 16, 17, 18. Now here at 44, I still see some of these things. And I also don't want people, I certainly don't want people to then have to do the things that they don't want to do that don't have a point. Now, sometimes we have plenty of things that we don't want to do, but there is a point. But when they don't have a point, that's when I kind of, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to talk about these things. And from my standpoint, there is a healthy percentage of those of us, not you not pointing fingers i'm talking about us who go to college and in reality it really isn't not, there is nothing about and i went to supposedly one of or the best depending on whatever ranking and i have no idea how they quantify this stuff hmm. the best journalism schools in the country and i'm telling you that it wasn't necessarily the journalism school that led to any semblance of success one may perceive i've had same with Doug. Doug's is talented. Yeah. And you can you can go to a school but you can't get talent. You can go and say, "Well, I'm going to play football at Alabama," but you're not going to be able to play football at Alabama. The premise being the talent is there or it's not, which is a tough thing to hear because I think one of the things that is essentially dogma is you can do anything in the United States. Well, you can't. You can't. And I think it's disingenuous to lie to people. Now, I know it's intended to be inspiring or it's intended to talk about how wonderful the country is, and it's a wonderful fucking country, but it's also not honest in the sense that you can do anything in this country. Well, you can't because some people have certain abilities, and that's just the reality of it. And I don't think that those abilities and one's ability to perform his or her job is dictated realistically by whether or not he or she has that piece of paper you spoke of. And so that is my premise, especially when it could cost 
Shit, what was Missouri when you were going there? I, I honestly have no idea. You could tell me any number. In state south of twenty, but I believe, really? but I believe a, probably around fifteen. Um, in that straight tuition, right? Yeah, that's not just to a, the... not that's not room and board. I, but I think it's around 15 in-state. And most kids, even if they're out of state, when they start, get in-state by, uh, you know, claiming residence in Missouri and that such. So right, probably right around 15,000. I wonder what it is all in. Like, is the room and board then is it usually about yeah. 2X? I mean, are we talking 30? It's in that ballpark. I mean, okay. you're probably paying close to 25, I want to so, say. So... It, it, I think it's fair to say that at a minimum, and as much as I loved my experience in Columbia, um, it, but you know, it's not like we're talking about take your pick of whatever that's at you know in the fifty to seventy range. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Plenty this is a state school in state. A hundred, hundred k, I think is fair to say is our floor, um, and so you know that's that's a shitload of money for somebody to have to pay back. Yeah. And so all I am pointing out is, like, it's one of those things, like, growing, buying a house is, you know, that's a real sign of success. Well, I mean, I guess, it, but if that's what you want. Yeah. You know, I almost, I, I, sometimes I wonder if it's, it's, if it's almost like the housing industry or the education industry, and it is an industry, just like the religion industry, and it is an industry, like, we're going to start floating these things out there so they just become things that people accept without thinking about. Mm. And yes, if you have three children, living in an apartment is probably not optimal. But buying a house and putting money into that, especially if you have some kind of investment opportunity or just the market's rate of return at the time, it isn't necessarily the right move. But it just became synonymous, I think, in the 1950s, more so than any other time, with the American dream. And that was a sign of success. And so it just kind of gets passed along. And these are the things that I'm presenting as, as the wonderful late, great John Singleton said at uh, the end of the movie Higher Learning, unlearn. And I'm not saying that going to college and buying a house and being a person of faith is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's not right for everybody. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I think so often we kind of get in this, this river that just kind of we float along with and just like, okay, well, after high school, I'll go to college. What's your plan? I don't know, but that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. And for many, I think it just becomes, and I would include myself in there. So this is, this is autobiographical. comes up, okay, we go down, then we have fun, and we fuck off. Yeah. But what are we really accomplishing that couldn't be accomplished? I'm 17 or 18 years old. I mean, you know, listen, I know you don't know everything. Shit, I'm 44 and I don't. And, you know, I feel like like maybe like 30, 35 is where you really start to kind of go, okay, well, I've got some base of knowledge to have some semblance of what I would describe as wisdom, basically knowledge based off of experience. Um. And you can start to be making, you can start making money and having a base of income and savings. And you're not sitting there at 22 or 23 with six figures in debt. And you're just like, you know, everybody else. And whether it's you're working at Enterprise, you're working at Edward Jones, you're looking for a job, or you're in my industry and you're going, oh, I'm going to go bounce to South Dakota, like 
you know, it was my first job offer. Binghamton, New York was another job offer. Mm-hmm. And those things were, one was paying in the teens, and I think the other one was like 18. Yeah, both of them were in the teens. That's, that's where I'm coming from on this. Because I see the prices, whether it be high school in St. Louis, which is just comedic to me. Yeah. Absolutely Jesus. comedic. Or colleges, and I'm like, they just keep going up. But they're going up because everybody's playing the game. Yeah. Or yeah. enough people are playing the game where the demand is there. And I just think it's a game. I just think it's a scam. So, you know, and again, it's not for every profession. It's not for every industry. I'm talking about general. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I think you're, uh, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think that college education, I mean, most people that I talk to and definitely myself, they say you learn more on your first day of work than you do in your four years of college. So... If that, I mean, that's like just the proof is in the pudding right there. Um, and yeah, people continue to do it. I mean, until, but also I think my generation, like once my generation starts hiring people, when we become the people who hire people, college education will matter less. And you're definitely, I mean, people put their GPA on their resume. If you were like to put two candidates next to each other and one had a three, seven, and one had three, four, and that was your determining factor. God bless. But I I think that is nonsense. And I think that my generation will be less inclined to be judgmental based upon college education. Um, And that's not like, I'm not trying to cast dispersions on the current hiring generation, but that's just the way we were brought into it. I mean, all my friends and I are conscious that college education at its core is a scam. Uh, but we know we have to play the game if we want to get certain jobs. So well, it, dep- it depends. Yeah, definitely Again, depends. I, just, I keep I keep reiterating the you know the disclaimer. You can't be a doctor without a college yeah. education. I understand that. I'm talking about the general. Yeah, graduate moments. We're going. You know, I'm just going to go there. And, and how often are people making decisions on the, the university based on what they are seeking to do? I mean, how many people at 17 or 18 truly know what they want to do? with their careers. I knew that I wanted to be the Cardinals play-by-play guy. I was wrong. I didn't mm-hmm. become the Cardinal play-by-play guy. And then when I got into the journalism school on the first day, Professor Don Ranley says, I wonder if he's still with us, by the way. That was 19, God, 96 probably. I wonder if he's still with us. He is, and he's still there. Holy shit, he's 86 years old. Hmm. Wow, zowie. How about that? Ph.D., Professor Emeritus of the Missouri School of Journalism. And he said, if you are here for sports jock talk, I suggest you get up and go over to the communication school. This is for news. Journalism is for news. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I spent the first two years of my undergrad to get into the journalism school. And the first day I'm in it, I'm told I'm in the wrong major. Holy shit. Yeah. So digressing when we were texting over the weekend i'm like oh yeah jackson's got his graduation this weekend albeit i realize you've been out of school this is a covid ceremony Mm -hmm. but i'm just like this made me think about something that you know i don't i don't know if i'm this i'm not passionate about college per se i'm passionate about dogma 
I'm passionate about challenging things that we just go along with that may not necessarily be right for us or be right for a decent number of people and then put people at a disadvantage because they're just going along with it and not in a position to either think for themselves or do for themselves. That's what I am presenting. That's what I am presenting. We're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, online at thehomeloanexpert.com. If you're buying a home, if you're refinancing a home, now is the time. You have to get pre-approved. Now, the interest rates have started to creep up a little bit, but you still are going to be able to save money if you haven't refinanced in a while. But you got to get pre-approved. I don't know what's going on um, with regards to St. Louis real estate, although I'm seeing what's going on with my own home and friends selling their homes, and it looks like the market's just ridiculous, except it's uh, a better floor than what we had 13 years ago with that. But uh, I can speak to down here, people are having to pay 5 to 10% more than listing price. And then there's weird games going on with agents then pulling them off the market and then putting them back on at higher prices. I mean, it is, it's insanity uh, in Florida, and I think it's mm-hmm. going on all over the country. So you've got to be pre-approved or else you're just not going to get it, uh, at least if it's a house that more than one person's interested in. And that seems to be the case right now. And it's home buying season. Get that taken care of with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. And once you get it taken care of with Ryan Kelly, get insured with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. He is my insurance agent. And just one of the many things that separates James Carlton from any other local insurance company is their capacity. They have a large team of nine people, and that means service other companies just can't provide. They challenge anyone to leave a voicemail during business hours because you just can't. It's tough to do. You need something, and it's going to get done fast, effectively, and without any hold times or prompt. James believes the sign of any good business is low turnover, and they pride themselves in a consistent office environment. When people come to work there, they typically stick around because of the culture, and that office culture directly influences a customer's experience. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton. State Farm and Jim Rogers of Restoration One and now American Environmental 314-664-2800. When you think of air quality, you likely think of outdoor pollution. Most people aren't aware that the quality of air in your home has a much greater effect on you than outdoor pollutants. On average, a person spends 12 hours a day in their home, and with the pandemic, that number has increased significantly. The air in your home could have mold, dust, pet dander, elevated levels of radon, or even carbon monoxide levels that are invisible and odorless. Air goes in our lungs and air goes out our lungs. Ah, yes, air. The significance of good air quality is more important than you think it is when it comes to overall health. Call American Environmental if you have any questions pertaining to the air you're breathing in your home. That's 314-664-2800. Expertise in indoor air quality testing for over 25 years. 314-664-2800. Uh, you are always welcome to email in with your questions, comments, criticisms. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. Unintentionally, uh, we've kind of arrived at a different style of questions from the audience, which I just keep calling questions from the audience. And two weeks ago, Jackson, we did the Masters and the Daily Fantasy Sports Breakdown. Mm-hmm. But that was, I mean, in a sense, it was golf. And in a sense, it was Daily Fantasy. It was more about the thought process behind the, the games and the strategies, yeah. which then kind of got mathematical and surprisingly um, really got positive feedback. But I would say, in, since you have been a part of the presentation, so we're talking December of 2020, mm-hmm. next to 
the discussion on relocation and people moving from St. Louis or to St. Louis because of COVID and remote working. Mm-hmm. Last week, sowed got the most response. I and 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 by that, I am not only talking about volume of emails I received. I'm talking about passion and anecdotal experience. Do you recall what we talked about last week? We talked about uh, moving and, I believe, ambition shaming. Yeah, well, it was kind of, yeah, so I guess, I guess what I'm finding here is it's these topics that th- I, I suppose they're topics people talk about, but maybe we're talking about them in a different way. So mm-hmm. that's why they're resonating. I don't know. So last week's conversation was I, I just I wanted to talk about it that Monday, you know, we record these on Mondays. And we had just done a TMA and I think I may have been exhausted. I'm not exhausted today. And I just was like, God, I'm just I've and, and, and truthfully it's anytime Jameson sleeps in the bed with me. Because he mm-hmm. just kicks the shit out of me all night. <laughs> and on my whoop and another app I use to to track my health and all of this crap. You can see how many times you get woken up in the middle of the night or you wake up. Mm-hmm. And there is there is a clear difference between Jameson nights and non-Jameson nights. And I'm not talking about the whiskey. I'm talking about the sun. Mm-hmm. And when he is in the bed with me, he just beats the hell out of me. And I wake up like 14, 15 times a night. Last night, I'm looking at it and it's seven disturbances. So that's what it's called on, on the whoop. Do yeah. you, are you a whoop guy, by the way? No, I need to start tracking some more stuff. I used to have like the Fitbit, but I think it, I ruined it or broke it somehow. I'm a big I'm a big fan of it, yeah. um, and then they're not an advertiser. It's just a little recommendation. But anyway, so I'm good today. But I was thinking about it, and then also I found another journey of self realization that I've experienced over the last few months. That um, there are certain topics that I want to talk about, but there, but TMA is just not the best place to talk about them. Mm-hmm. So fortunately, I have the podcast. Which I could do. I could do five days a week, and would actually look forward to doing five days a week, mm-hmm. uh, and not necessarily interviews per se, but just like bullshitting with you. Yeah. And so, what was really on my mind last Monday was what I wanted to talk about on the radio show, but I knew I couldn't because I knew it would turn into it. Just wouldn't. It just wouldn't be the honest discussion. That fortunately, it wound up becoming clearly based on the reception it got, which was here is the spot that I'm in. I am. I'm somewhere where I did not expect I would be two months ago. Mm-hmm. And my wife is as well. And that is, we want to relocate permanently to Florida. Didn't expect it, um, but that's what we want. And at that time, we were you know nearly two weeks, a little less than two weeks away from going back to St. Louis. And both of us were not doing well with it. And initially when we had gone down here the last few years, we started doing this in 2018, just thought it was the weather. But certainly the weather plays a role in it. But um, we've just, this is just, this is, I don't know. I, I really, I, I guess I could theorize some, some reasons as to why we are so happy, but we're just happy down here. And I'm not saying it's for everybody at all. But we're kind of in a spot where we need to make a decision because our son will be going to school. And listen, you know, I realize switching schools one time is not the end of the world. Uh, But it's something that we would prefer not to do. He's an only child. He will most likely be an only child. It's not a five-star lock. Uh, We'll fire bullets. We continue to fire bullets, Jackson. Hell yeah. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, 
but you know i don't we were told we couldn't have kids you know shit like six years ago mm-hmm. and uh we did ivf twice in 2014 and it didn't work i mean we're, we're kind of dealing with an outlier situation but i'm thrilled that we have the yep. one we have so maybe it'll happen i don't know the point is this one child and you know we're happy here and i don't know if i said this on the show last week i think i did since it's been detailed in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, as is oftentimes things with my yeah. <laughs> life, my, <laughs> uh, you know, my contract is up. I think I may have said this. If I didn't, I don't think KFNS would have a problem with me saying it because it's just true. So it's, you know, it'd be one thing I'm saying things that aren't true. But one of the things that John Hadley um, and, uh, and Dave Zobrist, who um, are, will be the people operating the radio station, uh, have said as far as a, a, a something in, in what they have put on the table in an in effort to get me uh, to sign a contract extension is I could live in Florida or wherever, really, uh, as long as I come back to St. Louis X amount of days a year. And and John, by the way, put this on the table, um, man, at this point more than two months ago, I think, or, or around two months ago. And when he did, I wasn't even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But so I'm like, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it, you know, it's kind of like it's like putting in a no trade clause that you weren't thinking. Oh, I wasn't even asking for that. I wasn't even thinking about it. But thank you. Well, this is you know, this is something I was thinking. I'm like, oh, well, I appreciate it. Wasn't really thinking about it. But thank you. And now here we are, and we're going. Oh, wow. We really actually want to move here. Like seriously, want to move here. And at the very least want to stay here longer to see if the summers are something that we go, oh, my God, this is unbearable. Or as many people, my friends from St. Louis who have moved here permanently, say, no, the summers are the best because the people from the Northeast go, this is unbearable. But for us, it's nothing Mm -hmm. because we're used to it with St. Louis. And it's empty. Everybody goes back north. And so we've got the thing to ourselves. Now, you got the hurricane situation. Yeah. But, but you know, yeah. Th- well, you don't want to just. <laughs> I feel like I'm like inviting one yeah, in. It's no. like talking about a no hitter in the sixth <laughs> inning. But uh, you know, and so anyway, so I talked about that last week in in depth. And so the ambition shaming thing kind of tied into the moving thing, mm-hmm. and that is the thought process that my sense has been that clearly has resonated with people. I guess it's when we talk about things that people can relate to, but they don't hear people talking about oftentimes. And, and that would be the ambition shaming. And I don't know if ambition shaming is the right term for it. I don't even know if it's ambition shaming so much as success shaming. And then also this thing that I suppose can tie into it, which is, choosing to leave St. Louis to live somewhere else. And I said, I said, I'm, I know that for whatever reason, some people, not most by any means, and I'm, when I'm saying some, I'm talking about like one out of, in between one out of 10 and one out of five, and probably closer to the one out of 10, will have a problem with it if we were to, but they won't really know why. But I just know it's there. It's, it's a tough thing. It's, it's, it's kind of like when I talk about me and political candidates. It's unfair, for, especially for somebody who lives and dies by data, that now I'm just talking about feel. Mm-hmm. But I have been right a lot on 
<laughs> calling shots on politicians yeah. in a major way, actually. Especially the local ones. The I Missouri, mean, yeah, 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 I mean, but to me it was like, oh, I mean, okay, you can't see it. I'm just telling you, this guy's a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not even like a sweat. It's an insta-ship scumbag. Yeah. Um, and and, and it, I think that's it kind of happened with hiring. It's not it's not data like we were talking about, 3-4 versus 3-7, or went to college, didn't go to college. You know, my yeah. feel on you when you emailed Jackson and then we talked I'm just like I, 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 this, this is fucked up, but this is this is the guy, and it's not even close. It's not even close. Appreciate that. Yeah, uh, you know what? By the way, this is going to be a sidebar, and maybe we'll get back to the actual topic and all these emails I got. Maybe we <laughs> won't. Who fucking knows? Yeah. But so uh, let's see. Anna Marie and I went to dinner on Friday night, and we're talking about all of this stuff. And there's all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's all as 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 you know. We're having a conversation after this presentation, and you're going to hear about the all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Because um, there's all kinds of stuff. And uh, we were talking about said all kinds of stuff, and she said, I just want to, I, I, cause you haven't met my wife, right? Have you or have you not? I have not. You've not. She goes, when I meet him, I just want to give him a hug. <laughs> That's awesome. And I go, you cucking me, bro? <laughs> And she said, I just know how great he is, how great he is for the show, how great his attitude is, which is an important thing, Yeah. Uh, the intangibles. And I said, yeah, I mean, for real, Jackson could be somebody I wind up working with until I do my very last show, whatever the hell that will be. Podcast, radio, whatever the thing is, clubhouse. Yeah, jeez, who knows? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You'll be doing from the uh, eventually. Uh, whatever it is that we're doing, I said, I said, I don't, and I said, it's just kind of the way he is guys. Absolutely. It's not just ability. Cause we really haven't even put certain things on your plate yet. Uh-huh. It's just the way that you go about it. And also your, your role here on the podcast, but just the, you know, it's any time if we have to do a sound story, my sound Perfect for mother's day and father's day, get your gift certificate now and you're done with shopping Mm -hmm. Um, or come in and record it with your siblings and uh, give that to your mom or dad for Mother's Day or Father's Day. Oh my goodness, what a gift. My uh, soundstory.com or just email me, tmccurnaninsidestail.com or recording the podcast or the show. You just can't put a value on A. So like, this is like Doug in this sense. You Mm -hmm. You have some of this Doug stuff going. Not only talent, but attitude and you just, you know you can count on the person. And these are the kinds of things like when we were talking about the Nick Saban thing a little earlier. You can't put a value on that. And you look for that, but you don't always find it. Mm-hmm. And so when you have it, you just go, oh, my God, I've just got to hold on to this as much as I can. And I want, I want whatever I can do to help this person, I want to help this person. In part, for selfish reasons, because I want you around as long as possible, mm-hmm. but also in, in bigger part, you should be taken care of. You should be rewarded. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and you would do the same thing. This isn't anything that's that's you know this is this is standard shit here. Yeah. So we were talking about all of these things, and I said, yeah, for you know when I'm when we were talking about this stuff on the podcast earlier in the week with the success, uh, you know, the success or the ambition shaming and the relocation thing, you know, it was something that Jackson clearly got where I was coming from, and then the audience, I said the the emails I got people kind of pouring their hearts out on the topic and it really i wasn't expecting that i said on the podcast i said listen this is the kind of thing i'd prefer i'd prefer this at all times really Mm -hmm. what happened recently where somebody 
said something. Oh, it was about John Hadley not wanting us to talk about the Fan Page Club Championship. Mm-hmm. And there became like a, I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory thread on the fan page, but it got to a point where somebody was theorizing, and they weren't doing it maliciously. They're just trying to understand why we couldn't do it. Uh, that in an effort to try to get me to sign a contract extension, <laughs> John was uh, trying to upset me by taking things that we like to talk about on the radio show off the table so I would sign a contract extension. Now, if we were to take a step back, I'd like to think that this will be obvious after I say it, but when I'm deciding where I'm going to work when my contract expires, all due respect to the Fan Page Club Championship and the discussion of said event, it will not be on a list of a thousand things that factor into my decision. <laughs> yeah. I can promise you that. No. no. John's reasoning, so people know, is the following. And whether one agrees with it or not, it, you know, he's yeah. operating the radio station. John's reasoning is, you know, if you have, if you're pursuing advertisers and, and an advertiser is not paying, but they are getting advertised. And this is not, this is not, a, this is not a shot at gateway. This is, this is anything like we gave Iggy shit about Dr. Biondo or Biondi and his rocket ships at the ophthalmology officer. What the fuck that thing was, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a joke, but you, it has been a problem. Uh, this uh, this goes back to when my dad was the general sales manager, so we're going back to the 90s. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I was in college. Jackson wasn't born. Where you have people, sn- I mean, I'm telling you, when you sign a contract in broadcasting, one of the biggest clauses, even though it's not something you negotiate on because it's just the way that it is, is plugola and payola, which is doing spots or favors for an entity in exchange for, you know, free services yeah now if it's spelled out that you have trade that you can use i.e i get some kind of amount of spots that i then can get services i have to pay taxes on them but whatever that's that's established but as far as like sneaking in spots that's that's against not only i'm sure the company but against fcc rules that's yeah. a real thing yep so john's premise both on the fan page club championship and then when we would name DraftKings, is if they're trying to pursue golf advertisers or they're trying to pursue wagering advertisers if, if somebody's not paying he doesn't want them to be mentioned mm-hmm. not because it's per and i get that listen if i were running the radio station i would i would have a similar a similar perspective on it with the fan page club championship it's not like you know that's something we've been doing for I don't know how long now five or six years and it's a fuck off segment you yeah. know and I think once you know that was you know we had a conversation about it and I know you know I know I think there's a perception that he's trying to you know or has it out for TMA and it's just that's just really when it gets down to it it's it's not what the case is but I know that that you know kind of things become truths on the fan page or on social media and you know you can't once once the ball starts rolling down the hill you can't stop it but yep. you know that that's that's what it was actually about but it wasn't about it had nothing to do with my contract situation i mean they put a contract extension on the table for me back in november pre any fan page club championship discussion yeah and we've had fine discussions about it and they know there's a chance i'm there and they know there's a chance i'm not i don't know where the hell i'm going to be you know we'll figure the whole thing out mm-hmm. but um i like to try to to set the record straight on things and so if, if one were to take something that is as important to me as something that is a 
pretty substantial personal and professional discussion and then use it as like fodder for people who haven't listened to the segment on social media, I wouldn't really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, it didn't happen. Instead, what what I was, you know, almost from a utopian society standpoint hoping for was for people to email in or people who knew me texted me um, their sincere opinions on the topic. And I mean, I Jackson, I got some, I mean, for real, not only because it's not necessarily counsel, it, it's people's firsthand experiences. And it was so enlightening. Um, and so I, I'm, I've been looking forward to recording this. I really could record like, fuck, like 10 of these things a week. Same. Um, just cause I always have so much shit I want to talk about that I just don't want to talk about on the radio show because it gets bastardized on the radio show. Yeah. Uh, and I can be more, you know, I don't know what the right term is. Serious, I guess, for the la- for lack of a better term here. It's like people don't want me to be serious on that show, but I get it. That's what the show, the show has been a fuck off show for 17 years and you don't want to, you don't want to mess with something that's working. Um, so this is what, you know, I do here and I'm thrilled that it, that people listen to it. Number one, of course, but I'm thrilled that it, when people, when topics resonate with people, they email in and they really put themselves out there. And I got so fucking many, um, one was like within an hour of you putting it up. It's kind of like when you applied for the job, Mm -hmm. uh, you were the first one to the table. Uh, hey, Tim, I'm listening to your podcast on one of the few nice April days in St. Louis. At the risk of overstepping and not knowing all the, vi- the variables, move now! Exclamation point, <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point, capital letters. You can always come back, but the window to leave may not be open forever. At some point, you may need to return as uh, your parents and Anna Marie's parents age. Jameson is young and can adapt to moving back to St. Louis. If that would happen down the road, he'll be fine as long as he has his parents. As one who regrets returning to St. Louis too soon on two occasions, I want to encourage you to go while you can. Again, feel free to ignore me, but as one who wishes she'd made different choices, go in Godspeed. Um, then, uh, and by the way, just as a, an overall headline, I, th- I would say, I don't know how many of these I received. I don't want to say too many to count because I don't want to make it sound like there were hundreds. Yeah. Uh, but there were a lot. And I think, I guess there was one that was kind of a no and here's my reason, but it wasn't about the St. Louis element so much as it was about a family element for Mm -hmm. this person. But everybody, Jackson, said to move. Mm. And I wasn't expecting that. But the thing that that, that a number of people, and and I've got all these set aside here, um, the overall theme was not only to move and then give reasons why, but then also a few people, and by a few, I would say about half of them, were, were talking about being aware of what I was talking about when I said, I know I'm going to catch shit for this, but I still want to be honest with the people who listen to this podcast and talk about it because it's what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. And that is being aware of this sometimes unspoken sometimes spoken thing of i don't want you to leave st louis or catching shit for talking about or deciding to leave st louis Mm -hmm. which then led to people theorizing as to why it existed so i have 
a number of emails on this. I'm looking forward to getting your thoughts as a uh, fresh, freshly graduated gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the audiences as well. Tima Kernan at InsideSTL.com. You're always welcome to send in your thoughts. But this topic uh, resonated with the audience, and I wasn't really expecting it. Really, it was more therapy for me. I'm like, okay, I've got a bunch of emails, and I still do, because I don't know when the last time we even read emails was. Uh, as far as questions that, as for for questions from the audience, like I said, it was masters, and then I just kind of therapeutically needed to talk about something that's that's wearing me down. And hey, man, you know what? By the way, the plan was to fly back on Friday, and mm-hmm. we've been like in this long goodbye yeah. sadness for the last few weeks. And yesterday morning, that being Sunday, uh, Anna Marie was downstairs with jameson kitchen having breakfast and i'm just like all right i got a, I got a half hour or so i'm going to i'm going to pack and yeah. i went upstairs and i packed it wasn't really like a symbolic gesture i just wasn't fucking packed not a big deal and i come back downstairs and uh and anna marie comes in she sits next to me and she goes what are we doing and i go what do you mean you know uh and she goes we both don't want to leave we don't have to leave why would we leave? Yeah. Shit. And I go, shit, I thought you wanted to go. I mean, she's an only child. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a different dynamic. I'm one of four. So different dynamic. And all of my brothers and sister live in St. Louis, you know, all within God, man, at the most 15 minutes of my parents' house. All of us do when, when I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, and her situation is different. So I, so I always understand that, that program. And I go, I mean, your parents are welcome to come back down here if we stay. I mean, your parents have been with us. They've been down here on two different trips. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if we are going to live here, you know, I've had a few people say, you may want to just see if the summer really is something that bothers you yeah. or you might really love it. And I'm like, listen, sister, if you want to stay, I'm in. I mean, I'm in all day long. Mm-hmm. I am in all day long. And so... You know, we might be staying. <laughs> now, as far as job responsibilities go, uh, now John Hadley loves any time I tell him, I think I'm going to stay another month. And he's like, it's great. <laughs> I think that increased the chance that you're staying here. And I go, well, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Because um, as you can imagine, listen, some places don't don't want me to, to live um, remotely uh, or work remotely, I should say. Uh, other places are cool with it. Mm-hmm. If I just do my own thing, I will be cool with it as my own boss. I will go, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. But, uh, yeah, that's the mindset. And I got to tell you something, Jackson. Mm-hmm. I'm s- When she said that, I was on a high yesterday. I was so fucking happy. And I'm like, yeah, I could I could have said that. But I feel like, again, as she's the only child, I don't want to – I, I yield to that. That's a different. That's a different situation than I have. Mm-hmm. I come back perhaps, um, you know, for Mother's Day and so on and so forth. And I know I'd have to come back for um, uh, the dotum mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a couple of things that all happen to be in the same week that I would have in St. Louis. So it's not like I'm just like abandoning ship. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah. And, and, and the rates as far as like cost of living down here at this time are a hell of a lot less, damn near 50%. Um as opposed to, you know, when it's December, January, yeah. February, March, April in season. So 
I, we might do it. I don't know. Then I got home last night, and she was kind of like, I've been thinking about it. Maybe we should. I don't know. So all I know is that made me happy. And again, as I said last week, you have to. The, 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 it's not a just chase happiness because you can't pay bills with happiness. But if you can do both, if you can meet both requirements, and by requirement, I mean earning power and also what makes you happy, then to me, then it seems like that's the move. But I don't know why it makes me so. All I know is it makes me happy. It just makes me happy. And I would want that for other people. And so that was the theme of so many of these emails. If people were to give you shit, fuck them. What do you, what do you care anyway? Yeah. And I guess I, I got I to arrive at that. Because I'm just the bad guy. And it's kind of, well, I mean, it's like, okay, if I'm the bad guy and I've done something, then I'm the bad guy. And fu- but I'm like, I'm not the bad guy, but people think I'm the bad guy, so fine, fuck it, I'm the bad guy. I don't know. I've asked for people to explain why I'm the bad guy. Nobody does it, so it doesn't fucking matter. Fine, fuck it. I'm the bad guy. If anything, I ought to just swerve into it and continue to just be the perceived bad guy and just throw logs on the fire and give people that, that feeling. But if, you, if you're in a spot where it makes you happy, swerve into that. Whatever it is. Whatever, whatever it is. So... With that all established, allow me to read, um, I mean, what wound up being a shitload of passionate emails on this topic, and I am very grateful for, um, for it. So let me start with this one. Tim, really enjoyed listening to your QFTA podcast this evening while I was running. Your topic of whether or not you should move to Florida was definitely an interesting one. I'm sure you are currently weighing the pros and cons, but I'm telling you that you should definitely make the leap and move. I'll try to give you several reasons as to why you should, some of which you've no doubt already considered, but it never hurts to reiterate positive thoughts. First of all, I can't recall a better time to sell your current home here in St. Louis. It is most definitely a seller's market right now. My brother has a pretty nice house in Jefferson County, and he put it on the market this past Friday, and by Sunday had eight offers and just agreed to sell it for $30,000 over asking, and that's in Jefferson effing County. I can't imagine what they are going for in your area in St. Louis County, but I would make a large wager that you would sell it in a hurry and for top dollar. Take that money you make and invest it into a property down in the Jupiter area that you and your family will grow into and enjoy for a long time. Next, I have a few friends who have done exactly what you've considered doing, and they've, they haven't looked back once. Uh, one friend moved from here to Tampa, and the others moved to the Scottsdale area in Arizona. They all talk about how much they love it. You mentioned the weather, which is obviously a huge draw. One thing that they mentioned is that they love that their kids can play any outdoor sport, such as baseball, golf, tennis, etc., year-round in these areas, which the kids love. It allows the kids to really focus on some of these outdoor sports that they love, and they can play them with their friends year-round. If your son ends up loving golf, this will be a big bonus for him and allow him to work on his skills year-round as he gets older. My friends in these areas just talk about all of the amenities that these areas have that are not always available in St. Louis. This may sound like something small, but they talk about it being a, they talk about being able to dine outdoors year-round, which you obviously can't do in St. Louis. I wouldn't really worry about the school end of things for your son. There are plenty of good schools down there. You seem like a sociable guy and one that can adapt well, so I'm sure you guys will find many new friends down there. If you end up deciding that you want your son to go to St. Louis U High in the future, then absolute worst case scenario, you'll have an investment property in Florida. I know several people who make an absolute killing out of making their home into a VRBO or Airbnb at times. 
You should watch some YouTube videos on it if you do decide to buy a property down there. I would be sure to ask the agent or the HOA if they allow you to rent the property. Just one thing to consider. There are a bunch of folks out there who make their living from renting out properties they own. If done right, they can pay for themselves. Lastly, life is too short to not do what makes you and your family happy. I have no doubt that you can earn a good living regardless of where you live. Great work ethic is just like defense in football. It travels. So if your employer will allow you to do it, and you've obviously proven that it can be done, then it's just a matter of pulling the trigger and making it happen. People who truly love the show will continue to listen no matter where you live. It's not like you're going to stop talking about St. Louis. And if a few people do hate on you because you moved, then so be it. The percentage of people who feel that way is probably very small. Regardless, fuck those people. Do what is best for you and your family, happiness in the long run. I wish you nothing but the absolute best, and I'll be listening no matter where you're located. That's my two cents for what it's worth. Take care, sir. That's from Derek in St. Louis. Um, Hey, Tim, I heard your potential move talk on the podcast today and wanted to give you uh, my unsolicited two cents. I lived in St. Louis as a kid, nine years. Dad moved us away for work, and then I came back to St. Louis for college. When I was away from St. Louis prior to college, I missed being there like crazy and looked forward to going back for college big time. College was great there, but then I moved to Nashville to be close to my eventual wife after college, and I've lived there ever since. I say all of that to say that you need to do what makes you and your family happy. I know you know that, but you don't strike me as a guy who goes into decisions like this lightly. So if this is what you want, you definitely need to do it. I miss many things about St. Louis daily, and listening to the show fills that hole well. And it will act always be home to me, but living elsewhere doesn't negate that. It's great you actually know what you want and can do it. Best of luck with your final decision, and just know that your listeners will seek out regardless of where you're located. Best, that's from Grant in Nashville. Um, let's see. Tim, just a quick thought from listening to QFTA today on people catching shit for leaving St. Louis and why that is. To me, from what I can tell, some of it comes back to perception. St. Louis gets shit on a ton, and then when someone moves away, it seems like another kick in the dick for those of us who are still here. That along with the thought of losing good people that can help with creating change in the area. This is not how I feel, but I do know some people, uh, some who have voiced those thoughts. It seems like anger and more like a sadness. Oh, it seems less like anger and more like a sadness. I could be way off base with this, as this could just be what I feel from those I've talked to. Hope all is well, and you make the choice that makes you happiest. That's from... Mark F. Uh, Jackson, so I've read three there. Anything stand out to you uh, so far? Yeah, the main thing is, and I believe the first email references, is just life's too short to not do stuff that makes you happy. Now, as you said, you know, happiness isn't currency to an extent that you can pay for stuff with, but it is really, I mean, it's hard to put a price on happiness as well. Like, it's, for some people, extremely hard to come by, uh, for others, easier to come by. But if you can do something that makes you happy all while maintaining uh, your monetary income, it seems like it would be uh, advantageous to you and your family. I agree with that. In a major way, Jackson, and I think it's incredibly astute, usually not something that at 23, year old, 23, 23 years old you have that perspective. I don't think I had that perspective at 23. Appreciate it. I am at a point, for me personally, and I think I've been there for a while. I guess I've been there for a while because mm-hmm. I have turned down job opportunities, but I am absolutely at a point where I, I will, without question, see, it's not like, oh, I would rather be, you know, in a spot where I, you know, again, there, there, there's a floor, so to speak, for income. 
but mm-hmm. I am not going to just go to the play. And this is the truth, you know, and I've told all of the places who are pursuing me uh, that I'm not just going to go to the place that, that offers the most money. Just not. And now, I, and I realize in a way that might sound now so for some people, they might go, what the fuck, what the fuck? And then for other people, go, oh, I get it. I really, mm-hmm. I think, I think that can only kind of be the reaction there. Mm-hmm. And I think people may go, and maybe it's more people in their 20s and 30s, perhaps, who would go, what the fuck? I could be wrong on this. I don't know. Uh, you, would sound, you, Jackson, don't sound like one of those people. And I'm not saying that's wrong, no. by the way. I may be wrong. And maybe it's a thing that in your 40s and 50s. And also, again, I think I may have said this last week, it also depends on your situation. Mm-hmm. If I had three kids and they were already in school... We're not talking about this. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a different situation. Uh, so that means I'd be moving the kids, and then I'd be potentially doing something where I'm not going to make as much, you know. But I just I mean, it, it, you kind of get to a point, at least I do, where it's like, okay, the rest of it, it's you know, I mean, and you never listen. Somebody's gonna pay the, the bunch of money. God bless America. But I am not looking to. I just doesn't. It just doesn't matter. I, and perhaps some of the sound. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. It just. It isn't. It isn't without question. It is not the primary thing. It's not. You know. So for example, when people have said, "Man, you and Barstool started at the exact same time," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I mean, that's a. To- it's it, yeah, while it's different we're, things. We're, right. We're both websites. But Dave Portnoy. I don't know him at all. But I'm very comfortable in saying we're totally different human beings. Mm-hmm. And that's not a criticism of Dave. If anything, he has uh, unbridled ambition. I have ambition, but you know, I mean, I. But I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to like you know something. This this isn't even necessarily what he does. But I'm just talking about going a hundred miles an hour constantly, or even like feeling obligated if something happens in a St. Louis sporting event to like give a take. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in it, and sometimes I'm just not watching it. It's not what I do. People go, well, isn't that your job? No, my job is to deliver a return on investment for advertisers. That's my job. That's everybody's job, actually. Mm-hmm. It's not told that way. It's kind of usually, you know, you got one cock in one hand and one cock in the other, and one say, no, you gotta, you got to make sure you go down and get interviews. And the other one, no, you got to, you know, give really informed opinions. No, here, here, take the cocks out of both of your hands. Let them go. They're, they still can be next to you if you like them there. <laughs> All right? And here is the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. Your value is dictated by your ability to deliver the highest return on investment for advertisers. That's it. Now you can grab the cocks again if you want. That's the business. You don't have to go to Northwestern, Syracuse, or Missouri. That's the business. I won Emmys and Edward R. Murrow Awards and got like a 3% raise. And they kind of go, well, that's all we can do because <laughs> I didn't matter to the bottom line. Yeah. You matter to the bottom line, you got the juice. Mm-hmm. That's the game. That's the game. That's the game. You deliver a return on investment for your advertisers, you've got the juice. That's reality. Now, in order to get to that point, you have to build an audience. Mm-hmm. But that's the reality. Any motherfucker can read off a teleprompter. And back in the day, people, ooh, he's on TV. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Any motherfucker can do it. And then you go in and go, well, I need to get a you know, 15% raise. Well, that's wonderful. There's a guy in Tulsa who's going to cut off his left nut, and he's going to take 20% less than you want. And we're going to be just fine with it. So you can take your raise request and shove it up your ass. That is reality. So 
for me, at this point, for certain, that isn't the number one goal. It just, it just is not. And for whatever reason, I have, you know, and, and I don't know. It's one of those things like, will I look back in 10 years and go, what the fuck? But I know when it comes to, for example, the, the biggest career decision I have had to date which was whether or not to go to New York in 2007, I don't look back on that and go, what the fuck? Because I know the information I had at the time. And the information I had at the time was, A, I don't like ad-libbing over Jets, Mets, and Nets highlights. And (laughs) B, I think the person I'm going to be reporting to might be a problem, and that's going to make my life miserable. And I know on the outside looking in, anybody who knows the situation is going to go, you're going to choose AM radio in St. Louis over being the lead anchor at SNY in New York and go, what the fuck? But you don't know the dollars, you don't know who I'd be working for. You don't know what my situation would be at the AM radio station in St. Louis. And so, you know, th- these are some of the things that factor in. And for me now, yeah, you go, I, I, I think I, in a way, it's, I have two things going against me. I don't know if they're going against me, but I, I think I have two things, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Philosophically, I think that would be the right adverb here, that I am constantly not only aware of, but thinking about. So not just aware of it, but thinking about it. That I think other people, certainly at 23, but but even people my age, 44, and around my age, aren't thinking. They're not thinking these things. First one is this, death. It's not a pleasant thing to think about, but it's like, it's not that far away. (laughs) But I th- and I'm not thinking about going, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm well aware of that. It's just I am, I, am prob- I am possibly closer to dying than I am to you age-wise. And, it, and even if I'm not, I'm not that far away. Mm-hmm. But because it's almost like taboo to talk about it, I think in a way people, not that they're, they become unaware of it, but maybe it's like a denial. And then all of a sudden you're 65 and you go, holy shit. You know, and then you're like, like my, I don't know how often my dad says it, but I got to tell you, buddy, it goes quick. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm so cognizant of that. And yeah. if I'm going, well, I, I know what I like. I like what I'm looking at right now, which I've seen for the last four months almost every day, which is blue sky and warmth. And I know for six months of the year in St. Louis, I will not have any, oh, not that bad. It's in the 40s and 50s. Okay, yeah, maybe, but there's also gray sky, and you're not going to really want to be outside. In the I'm not. If you are, God bless. I know what makes me happy. And some people love the winter. I'm not saying that it's wrong to like the warm weather or wrong to like the cold. I'm talking about for, for my. So I'm constantly aware of that. So six months of the year, half of the year, and I have, let's say I have 30 left. Let's say I have 30 left. Mm-hmm. So 15 of those 30 are mathematically spent in gray, cold, rainy, icy, snowy weather in which I don't want to go outside. And there is a correlation of unhappiness with that weather then why would I want to be in it? Especially when you don't have to be anymore. I don't know what to tell you. That's where, that's where I am. So there's that because I'm not under the impression that I'm going to live forever. And even if I do live a long life, it seems to me anyway, even though I haven't experienced them, that these years are probably better years than some of the other years that may be coming. So you mm-hmm. want to maximize those. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, I don't believe in God. So I have a problem there in the sense that I'm going, well, this is it. And so I want to maximize whatever I got. And that's where I am. So I'm aware of death and I'm agnostic. 
I, but let me make it clear. I'm not sure there is a God. So, therefore, I'm not thinking the way that I think other people are. Not to say, by the way, I think it'd be a hell of a lot better to think the other way. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a lot more reassuring way to go through life, not thinking about death and believing even whenever it comes, you're going to some kind of afterlife or reincarnation or whatever it is. So I'm not, I'm not recommending this and I'm not saying I even chose it. I'm just saying that's what I think and I'm aware of it. And so therefore, I want to try to have a balance of happiness all while being responsible. And so if you can have those two things, because again, you know, I mean, if I, if I got shit-faced all day and went to the strip bar, I would have immediate gratification. But I'm not quite sure I could say that that would be a responsible choice. So if in 2021 you can work remotely or just live wherever and work wherever, but that's not the situation I have. I mean, I'm not going to be working on West Palm Beach broadcasting. Um then to me, that's the move. And I, and I will come back to St. Louis because there's events and whatever the case might be, that's the deal. But the, what, the, what the one emailer, and I, and I know there are a couple more that talked about this, which really kind of got into the, um, the leaving St. Louis and how people give you shit about leaving St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's kind of a separate discussion. So, Jackson, do, do, on, those, on those points, I'm going to get personal here with you. Yeah. You're going to have to, because I, I believe you are a, a man of faith. That's, that's my impression on you. You are, pri- you, are, you are a proud Jewish gentleman. That's my read. Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay, good read. Do you believe in the tenets of the faith, or are you just proud of your heritage and culture? Closer to the second one. Okay. It, I, it's tough, because... I want to like. I really want to believe that there's a God. It's like, why wouldn't you? It make yeah. Wouldn't it be the greatest? It, like, thing? would make things. Well, I guess you don't know what he's up to. Yeah, but, exactly. But or if it's I even mean, a just he, in general, wouldn't who, it be lovely? Yeah. If that were the case, I mean, it'd be the greatest. I want that to be the case. Yeah, and sometimes I do. It's like sometimes things happen to me where I can't explain it other than divine intervention, and I know that would sound crazy to some and sounds right to others but for some things in my life and others lives i'm sure i can't explain it therefore it's easier for me to compartmentalize it as divine intervention so in that sense and then as far as death goes i you know i obviously know it's coming everyone knows and there's the old adage of the only thing that are certain are death or death and taxes but I don't like to think too much about it because when it happens, that's it. There's nothing to think about. You're dead. You don't even have the tool to think anymore. Because, the end of the Sopranos. Yeah, literally. It's that's it. It's it's over. Night night. And similarly, I don't like to. Th- I like to think about the universe because it interests me. But I don't like to try to understand it totally because it's infinite and our brains are limited. So why would you try to think about something that's infinite? when you can't think infinitely. So that's how I kind of feel about death is when it happens, there's nothing left to think about. So why think about it while you're living? I follow that. I, so therefore it makes me believe that I have phrased this improperly. So what I, I guess the way I'm saying is this, for whatever reason, I have no idea why. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I associate timestamps with movies. Mm-hmm. Two of the movies I have associated timestamps with and I, I think I could get, especially since you are on the verge of billions of dollars yeah. with your goodorbad.com website and <laughs> Swimming app. Swimming in it. Oh, my goodness. 
Uh, you'll be on Palm Beach while I'm over here on the west side. Yes, sir. But, but, but two films, both from the 1990s, one at the beginning of the decade, one at the end of the decade. That's the only hint I can give you. I don't Because they're so unrelated, but for whatever reason, they are time stamps in my youth, and I associate with them. Would you like to take a, take a guess? I'm going to give you five guesses on the pictures. And cool. there's really no... I don't know how you'll even arrive at them, but for the fuck of it, I will throw them out. And all you got is that one was at the start of the decade and one was at the end of the decade. Go. Good Five fella. guesses. Good fellas. Not a bad guess. It's a great guess. It's not one of them. Uh, I'm trying to think. Movies early in the decade. I'm going to say... Neither one, by the way, won, at least as far as I know. Well, I know they didn't win Best Picture. One for certain didn't win Best Picture. And so it's not like these are Academy Award winners. Goodfellas should have won, right? But it didn't. No, it lost to Dances with Dances Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say... Silence of the Lambs? It's not bad. You're, I mean, you're doing good work. I want to say the later one is Swingers, because you often reference that. That's nice. See, that's a 1996 picture, so I would have said mid-90s. Yeah, that's, that's a nice. That's a very... That, that pick has reason behind it. Uh-huh. I like it. It's not accurate. This is, again, a guessing game with no <laughs> hints whatsoever. All right. So I was in hardcore into rap music in my uh, oh, early high school. Boys in the Hood? Late, thank you. Yeah. There, so I was helping you out there. Yeah. Boys in the Hood, 1991. Yeah. And then the last one, um, to me, it kind of falls into the same genre of what has wound up being something that I, I wind up living by which is the juice is, is worth is the juice worth the squeeze which comes from the night uh, 2004 i think 2004 film the girl next door with the beautiful alicia cuthbert and i think this movie would kind of fall under that style of picture it came out in 1999 the um, usual suspects how in the fuck does the girl next door and the usual suspects have any tie? You said 1999, and that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, I might. I'm, I'm going to sell my interest in goodorbad.com. Yeah, you, you won't be the first one. Uh, <laughs> ah, shit. Oh, American Beauty. Great guess, and a movie I absolutely love. And when you said the first word, I thought you were going to get it right. So now you know the answer. Amadeus? No, that's that 80s. God damn it. Movie. Now I'm getting pissed. Yeah, me too. Oh, if American Psycho. First... American Psycho. No. <laughs> I bet now, now I bet people listening are getting angry with you. <laughs> American Pie. Oh, okay. And yeah, I've, I've never seen American Pie. No way. Really? Yeah, really. It's... Now I get it. You were like an infant when it came <laughs> out. No, but I like, if it's an important movie in American Pie, everyone's like, my brother loves it. Um, I feel like I've seen it, but I've never seen American Pie. And I love Unless, Eugene Levy. So he's out. He's perhaps the the star of the picture. Um, the reason why I use those movies as timestamps is I have no idea why. I have no idea why. But for whatever reason, I recall seeing Boys in the Hood, Crestwood Plaza, by the way, unique spot to see it. Yeah. Uh, in 1991, and then I remember in 2001 going, "Holy shit." It's been 10 years since Boys in the Hood came out. Mm-hmm. I'm going, what in the world? And then in 2009, oh, there's no fucking way. It's been a decade since American Pie came out. That's what I'm, so I'm trying to convey time flying. 
And I can recall in 2008 thinking, it has been 10 years since I did my first sportscast. Mm. And that fucked me up. And I was already out of TV by that. I had been out of TV for three years at that point. And, and, and so, so at 23, mm-hmm. I don't think you can have that appreciation. And I don't even know if the word is appreciation. But perhaps the concept of time flying. That's, so it's not necessarily like being cognizant of death. Mm-hmm. So I, I, didn't, I didn't phrase that appropriately. So much as cognizant of how quickly time flies. And then something I talk about, and I noticed, did you see Bill Maher's new rules this week? It would have been weird if you did because I think you were in Columbia. No, I saw it last week. I didn't see this week's one. So he talked about something. I actually got an email from uh, somebody for QFTA, but it's not the topic. Mm-hmm. But his new rules this week... Um, we're, it started off by talking about Joe Biden has a 58% approval rating and, you know, we anticipated co- a comedy gold mine because he was going to be, you know, slurping up oatmeal and stumbling mm-hmm. all over the place and we'd be worried about, uh, we wouldn't be worried about the dogs pissing in the Oval Office, you mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. you know, joking about the age thing and, you know, instead he's got this, you know, aggressive agenda whether one likes it or not but i think it'd be hard to dispute that it's uh, an aggressive agenda for what i think people probably thought it was going to be when he was elected and um in 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 mars like you know what this age stuff especially and i think i think i think with mar i could be off on this but now that he is in his uh you know i don't know i think he's in his midish 60s mm-hmm. Uh, he is uh, more aware of age, and maybe he's catching shit for it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I also think he, you know, hung out at the Playboy Mansion and was going out with, you know, playmates for a, a you know, into his fifties, and yeah. maybe that's no longer in play. Both because the mansion didn't happen, and and it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so he's he certainly makes more references to age and his age, although not necessarily like, you know, enjoying it. Mm-hmm. But his premise being. The wisdom that comes with age and experience is something that, for whatever reason, in American society is dismissed. And I've, I've, I've been saying this. It's one of the rare times where Doug and I kind of, it's on somewhat of a political, even though it's not, it's just a general observation. I don't know how many times I have heard from friends or from significant others and their parents, you know, God, I mean, even recently, you know, people that, that you know, just like, I'm in my 50s, I can't get hired. In my 50s, I can't get... And to me, you know, if I were to own something, it's not like I would go out of my way to, but I feel like, you know, you're all... In business, you're looking for edges. And mm-hmm. if everybody's moving in one direction, which I don't necessarily think is the right direction, which is to go with, oh, we're going to hire some youth and energy. Okay, fine. But, you know, there, there's that. But what about a balance? What about some wisdom? Yeah. What about some experience? Why does American society castigate somebody for being whatever, whether it be in their 60s, 70s? These people have seen things mm-hmm. and experienced things and can tell you about where ideally we are all going as opposed to going, oh, this fucking okay boomer type thing. Yeah. You know, I don't get it. Now, I get it. If you're like sitting there and jerking yourself off to Tucker Carlson as if he is coming down from on high, giving you the information and that is your view on the world, that's a different deal. But I'm talking about somebody coming to the table and going, yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. But, you know, that 
that might sound good, but here is why it's not going to work. You know, or here is, you're thinking this isn't going to work, but I'm going to tell you here's why it will work and can cite experiences. Not everything is about social media. We get caught up in that bullshit. Fuck. Mm. <laughs> it's, and it is. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. So, so that was, that was his premise on this thing, um, which was really good. And how does it tie into this discussion? Anybody who I talk to who is, whether they're in their 60s or 70s, or if I'm talking to somebody in their 80s, and obviously I do it quite often with sound story. What is one of the common threads? Two, there's two common threads. How quickly it goes. Yeah. And family. Yep. Well, then therefore, I have to respect that perspective because they've lived it. They are living it. So you don't dismiss it because they've done it and they've done something. They've experienced something that I haven't. So as I oftentimes say when I talk about this topic, you're not going to read a Yelp review or TripAdvisor, wherever it is that you're going to get your, your information on a restaurant or a destination or a hotel or whatever the hell it is from somebody who hasn't dined there or stayed there or traveled there. It's the people who have been there who you want to hear their opinions. Mm-hmm. And these people have been there. So... From that standpoint, when I hear people say how quickly it goes, I take that seriously. And so, therefore, I give it more value when it comes to making a decision. And if people are going, you know, like, like when I talk to my dad about this, it's like, well, I'll tell you, 20 years ago, I told you to take the money. and But I'm sitting here at Hilton Head right now, and I'm looking at this golf course, and there is no place I'd rather be. Mm-hmm. I know your mother's going to want to go back home in a couple weeks, and it'll be the worst day of the year for me, but... You know, she wants to go home and see the grandkids and, you know, I'll be at birthday parties for people who don't even know I'm there. But (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like my dad. (laughs) What's that? Sounds like my dad. Yeah. I think it's a, you know, but I mean, and it's not like, it's not like he's, I'm I'm portraying him as, but you know, it's, it's a way of kind of pointing it out that he wants to stay. He loves it. Yeah. And so therefore here is a guy who nobody and I'm telling you, there are some people who are probably listening to this who worked with him, for him, whatever the case might be. There's nobody who worked harder than him. Mm-hmm. And I saw it firsthand. Holy shit. And so now to see this perspective, the perspective has greater credibility. You know, if he would have been fucking off in his 40s playing video games with me, you know, mm-hmm. and like bouncing from job to job, the, you know, make sure to enjoy yourself mantra wouldn't have had as much credibility. Yeah. But considering he worked his ass off, you know, and he kind of looks back and he goes, ah, you know, I think I maybe I wish I would have enjoyed it a little bit more, you know, that gives it gives itself a little more credibility. And so he gets where I'm coming from. 20 years ago, I would have asked him this question. He would have, what in the hell are you thinking about? It's like when I asked him, I said, Dad, I think I'm going to quit KMOV. Oh, Timmy, what in the hell? That's all you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. What do you want to? And I go, well, I don't like it. I, you know, there were some things that were problematic as far as the situation goes. But, but outside of it, I don't really like it. And, you know, and I'm making way more doing radio, mm-hmm. and I like it. Oh God, the radio! People are gonna say you got fired because nobody would understand why the hell you'd leave TV. And I'm like, I don't really care. And then, sure enough, people did think I got fired. It drove me up the wall. <laughs> it's 16 years later. It still kind of irritates me that that's the case but i can't do anything about it Mm -hmm. point being in 2005 he gave me advice that i'm not sure he would give me now and as it turned out i was right but that is why i view it because it's like i look back and i go holy shit man and now at this point jackson it's been 30 years since boys in the hood came out 30 sheesh that's crazy 30 and it's been 22 years since american pie came out 
Jeez. And you were born the year of the Mark McGuire home run chase, right? Yeah. No, that summer would have been like my first summer as a human. <laughs> Weird way of putting was, it. That was my first spring training. Wow. You know? And I look back on that. That was the first year the Cardinals were at Roger Dean Stadium. And I was looking at that. I was like, oh, this is brand new. And then people say, oh, the Cardinals might have to really spend some money to rehab this place. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's brand new. And then I go, fuck, it's 23 years old. And for a spring training site, yeah. You go to the Nationals and Astros thing, you know, down the road, it's way better. Mm-hmm. It's crystal clear it is. But that's the perspective you get caught up in. And that's what I'm trying to convey. And listen, I'm not trying to tell because I realize for most people they have, they're either in a spot where you can't do it or you don't want to do it. And I'm not talking about camp because money. I'm talking camp because you got kids and the kids are in school and you don't want to pull the kids out. Or you got parents and your wife's like, we can't fucking do that, you know, whatever the case might be. But what it's wound up doing is it's like sparked about the discussion, which was really, like I said, just therapeutic for me because mm-hmm. I felt like I was so fucking bad on, on the radio show that morning. And I'm just like, I got to talk about what's on my mind to kind of like just get it out. And it wound up resonating with people. Here's another one. Tim, St. Louis is a great place to be from. An Uber driver in San Diego told me that once. He was from South City, and it has always stuck with me. I wanted to write you this email to say what you talked about on the podcast on Monday, April 19th, 2021, really resonated with me. The St. Louis ambition shaming, guilt you feel leaving the city you love behind, conflicting with your want for more out of life and sense of accomplishment. It is very real, and it is an internal struggle I deal with daily. Now, this guy puts his whole name out there. Um... And I wanted to go scroll down here to make sure that he's cool with it. But I believe that he's putting it out there. And God bless him. I'm talking about whole name. My name is Nick Bonastia, I think is how I pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Bonastia? Nurse? I am 25 years old and currently at law school at the University of Illinois. I grew up in St. Louis in a very normal South County family. I attended Assumption, then went on to Biani. My mom is a teacher. My dad works construction. You get the picture. I guess the best place to start is when I first recognized this ambition shaming. It was when I was applying to law schools. I had done very well academically and had the opportunity to attend some of the top law schools in the country. However, that is not what my family and friends wanted. They, of course, wanted me to go to St. Louis University. Quote, you just need to stay home and go there. Stay here so you can be with us are just some of the things they would say. It really weighed on me when I was making my decision for school. I got so stressed and even depressed about the decision. I even had to start going to therapy just to talk to someone about the decision because I was so afraid to make a decision. When I ultimately decided to go elsewhere, I felt guilty. I felt like I was turning my back on them and on the city itself, but it was the right decision. Fast forward a few years, and now I'm coming to the end of my law school career, and it is time for me to make my decision on where I want to live. Obviously, there are plenty of good opportunities for me in St. Louis, but also with attending the University of Illinois, I have been offered some opportunities in Chicago. In choosing St. Louis, I feel I am strictly choosing it for my friends and family. I love them, and they're also great people, and I'd be happy to be around them for the rest of my life. Also, I love the city. It's home, and there are a few things that rival the feeling I get when I drive over the Poplar Street Bridge and see the arch and know that I am quote-unquote home. On the other hand, I get this weird feeling that I'm settling if I choose St. Louis. I'm not reaching my full potential. I have this fear of waking up in Crestwood in 10 years when I'm 35 and truly regretting I chose to come back. Disappointed I did not go see what other opportunities were out there and what life could have been like somewhere else. I guess this is because I can almost predict what life in St. Louis is going to be like. I'm going to move back to Soulard with my best friend I've known since we were freshmen at Vianney. 
Uh, we are going to go out to McGurk's or Molly's or Duke's every Friday and Saturday night. I'll find some Mizzou sorority girl. We'll get married and move to Crestwood and start a family. Honestly, that life both sounds awesome and scary at the same time. I know I'll be happy, but also know I got caught in the endless circle that is growing up in St. Louis. You were born here, you live here, you die here. On the other hand, if I choose Chicago, I'm leaving behind a family that truly loves me and some of my closest friends. And it's hard for me to justify moving away from such great people in a situation I know I'll be happy in. I truly don't know what I am going to do. I just wanted to tell you my story and let you know what you spoke on resonated with me. It was comforting to know uh, someone I respect and admire feels the same way because I find this subject hard to talk about with my friends and even my parents. Thanks. That comes from Nick Bonastia. Bonastia. What do you think on that one, Jackson? B-O-N-A-S-T-A. I think the latter. Okay. Uh, Nick, I apologize if I'm butchering your name. Um, P.S. I know you uh, probably get this all the time, but I just wanted to say thank you to you, Doug, Action Jackson, and even Iggy. Even Iggy. Damn. <laughs> do my even boy Iggy. so dirty. <laughs> Even when I am having some of my worst days, you guys, for three hours, make me laugh and feel like everything will be okay. Thank you for making a kid who misses St. Louis so much feel like he is driving down Lindbergh Boulevard. Uh, I appreciate that, Nick. Oh, yeah. Nick's email is similar to, I mean, I have so many. Um, uh, it, was, it, was, it wasn't what something I expected. I just like the relocation, uh, excuse me, the uh, business working remotely discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess those are the things that really wind up getting people going, though. Yeah, because it's on. I, I suppose it's on people's minds, especially when you know our audience. And not everybody's younger, but you know, I mean, there's Nick. He's 25 years old. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that, Nick? I mean, or Jackson? Nick's t- two years older than you. I think that Nick's exact situation is probably now. Once again, I have no data to back this up. The majority of people's who just graduated college or are looking for a job situation where they have obviously friends, a ton of friends and a ton of family in St. Louis. They have other offers, other places. They can either, you know, as he said, do the cycle of kind of exactly what he was talking about or go explore things but leave things behind. And I think his conundrum is probably shared by a lot more people than he thinks. I think a ton of people are in that boat. Uh, And some people are hell-bent of getting out of St. Louis. I have plenty of friends who are hell-bent about getting out of St. Louis, and I have some on the complete opposite end, but I think the majority are in that space where it's, I don't know if I want to leave, should I leave, and if I do leave, will I ever come back? If I stay, will I ever get to leave? So they're kind of in this limbo. So it's a really tough situation, and it's there's no... Which is probably what is, which, which is why it you know, led to the response it led to. Yeah, exactly. I almost wanted to write after like we you posted that podcast last Monday mm-hmm. and, and these texts and like, I'm like, what are people emailing? Like, well, I'm getting these emails from names I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, it's something, something must have fucking happened. What in the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's <always laughs> totally, awesome. And I'm like, oh, it's just people responding to the podcast. Yeah. And it was, you know, great. Um, you know, I guess when I think about me and quote unquote leaving St. Louis, um, for, for when I left Columbia, you just knew that you weren't working in St. Louis. You mm-hmm. knew you could not start in St. Louis. Now, that was 1999. Now, perhaps you can. I mean, I don't know how many people are really pursuing television anymore, but um, 
you know, it's a different deal now. I mean, you used to, it used to have to be, at the very least, you were in your late 20s. I mean, and that, you might be lucky if you're in your late 20s to start, in, to, you know, to be in TV in St. Louis. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you go back to that time, you had, you know, Dick Ford, Larry Connors, Julius Hunter, you know, mm-hmm. um, Karen Foss, Deanne Lane. Um, trying to think. I mean, you, you had anchors who, you know, and I say this respectfully, but they were, quote unquote, older. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, if you, if you have an anchor in their fifties as like the lead anchor, it's, it's somewhat rare. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, if you had somebody who was not in their fifties, it was almost yeah, it'd be rare. crazy. Yeah. But it's because of the, you know, the revenue's down and therefore the, the expenses are down for what you can pay people. It's just mm-hmm. the, the way it is when it comes to that particular industry. But for me, it wasn't a choice. So mm-hmm. I didn't have that choice. I knew I wanted to, I, I always said I wanted to get back to St. Louis by the time I was 30. But it, but it wasn't because, oh, I want to get back to my friends and family, per se, even though I'm sure that was part of it. It was because I wanted to cover the Cardinals. That's what I wanted to do. That's what it was all about. And it was by the time I was 30. And by the time I was 30, I was done with TV as it wound up happening. But mm-hmm. because I got there when I was 23. So you knew you had to go somewhere. Like, you know, essentially A ball, double A ball, triple A ball to get to what at the time was the big leagues. And I guess theoretically it's still a top twenty five market, but you know, it's not it's a two sports city and you know, it's it's not the two sports that necessarily have the young audiences relative to the NFL and NBA. And um and so it was a different thing. So I didn't have that. So that's something that I personally cannot relate to. Um but uh, but it's 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 clearly something a lot of people I don't want to say a lot but a lot of people who emailed in do struggle with and it and it does seem that at its core it is a a family versus pursuit thing mm-hmm. pursuit of you know success beyond St Louis and I guess that's why it really has, and, and you know, and I think this, I, I, I don't know all the names. I mean, they all kind of had a similar theme. Um, let's see. I'll just read it at this point. Uh, good afternoon, Tim. Hope you're well. Listening to your podcast, Rumination, about whether to move or not to move to Florida. And I thought I could give you some personal experience about leaving St. Louis. A bit about myself. Born and raised in Wildwood, Lafayette High School, 94. Spent about 14 months in Kansas City after college, Truman State, but moved back to St. Louis at 23. Married soon after, and kids followed. Long story short, I was given the opportunity to move to London in late 2009. What was supposed to be a two-year stint turned into six. Then I transferred to San Francisco for work in 2016. Have been here ever since. Most likely, the wife and I will move again, but not until my youngest graduates high school. With regards to some of your thoughts slash concerns with potentially relocating kids, in my experience, the kids adjusted fine to the moves once they were back in a structured environment slash school. For reference, the London move happened when my daughter was seven and my son was three. The San Francisco move, they were 13 and nine. In both cases, they started new school mid-year. Family. We see family periodically, but I wouldn't call us close. We talk via text, but it's sporadic. That said, we weren't close when we all lived in St. Louis. In addition, my children aren't real close with their cousins. Neither move was easy, but I don't regret either. Doubtful that I'll move back, mainly due to climate reasons. I'm too used to being outside 11 and a half months out of the year. Apologies for rambling. Hope this helps in some small way. If you have any questions about logistics or anything else, give me a shout. Love the show. That's from Dan Thomason. Hmm. Um, and then, the, and I guess maybe I have it saved in my inbox because I haven't had a chance to respond. Hmm. 
but but the thing on people leaving St. Louis and perhaps why it I mean I've got God I just I um uh maybe bothers people is you know people leaving and they feel like it's a kick to the region mm. um I think that's something that uh here's a good one Tim, longtime listener of the show and huge fan of the podcast. I normally am not one to engage and normally sit back and listen, but know what you were going through. In early 2020, I accepted a promotion within Anheuser-Busch to lead HR for their Drinkworks division at their headquarters in Boston. Yes, this is the same Drinkworks that is a sponsor for the station. I accepted the job knowing it would uproot me from my parents, who are in their mid-60s, and my wife's family, who are in their mid-70s. She's the only daughter, and I knew telling them that we were taking their only grandchild away from them would absolutely crush them we made the decision to relocate because it advanced my career and would allow my wife to stay at home and raise our son and any future kids if we were fortunate enough to have them i made the decision never being 100 percent bought in myself boston's expensive and it wasn't until i started looking at homes that i realized how great we have it here in kirkwood i found a rental in boston that afforded us the option to keep looking at homes and we were slated to move may 1st 2020 and all along, I wasn't sleeping because I was wearing guilt of upsetting the in-laws, and I could tell it was bothering my wife. I've always been selfish. It's a flaw, but one I recognize. Looking at the dates, you probably see where this is going. The pandemic hit. AB cut the joint venture funding, and Keurig stopped funding immediately. We went through multiple rounds of layoffs, and I was told I could remain as a remote employee if I would like as our offices were closed indefinitely. The move would be revisited. I ended up using the time to look for jobs because I was unsure of future stability. How could I relocate my family, not knowing what my career had in store? Would I get cut in the next round and be on my way back to St. Louis? It's not like Boston has the weather appeal that Florida has. While I enjoy the winter, I had no other reason but a job I love to move for. Fast forward to now, and my parents, ironically, have begun building a place in the Naples area and plan a split time between St. Louis and Florida. My wife's parents are thrilled we stayed, and I found a job elsewhere that allows us to raise our son with his grandparents and aunts and uncles present. For me, this worked, but I do hold some regret. There are other places I would like to live that I know a St. Louis girl is not ready for. Maybe she will be in a few years. Maybe we need to wait for her parents to pass away, but I know the option will be there down the road. All I can say is this. You do what makes you happy. The listeners will follow you wherever you land. If Boston had been somewhere like Tampa or Charleston or Austin, places I desire, I would have gone even knowing my company was unstable. Boston just wasn't something I loved. You love the area you were in, and St. Louis is home. You have a tough decision to make. All I can say is St. Louis will always be home. Do what works for you. Best wishes in whatever you decide. Uh, and that comes from name withheld. So, um, yeah, people are uh, passionate relating to that. Passionate. passionate man that's those last two emails were like like they people people put some thought into it and that's yeah because they really because awesome. they lived it yeah exactly and it you know really hits a hits a nerve when you we talk about these things and that's a and that's a big thing and i the last one i i get if you're not passionate about the city mixed with the uns you know the instability of what the pandemic brought yeah, he caught a he caught a break there yeah I mean, definitely because if you're sleepless nights, worried about the guilt, that's that's a brutal way to go about it. Right. That's yeah. a brutal way to go about it. Um, but the guy in San Francisco, if you can afford to live in San Francisco, man, that's a that's a cool that area too, like uh, Monterey. That's a cool place to live. Oh shit. That's a cool place to live. Yeah, I mean, holy shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I mean, we're talking about what ninety minutes away, two hours away there, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they I feel like they always like whenever they play Pebble Beach, it's always like clumped into San Francisco, even yeah. though but California, like it's seven hours from San Fran to LA at some time. Right. So it's like shit. And it's still on the southern coast of California. It's um it's I mean it this was just and I would imagine and we'll get a bunch of emails now and kind of now that we're following up on the uh on the conversation, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it is something that, um, like I said, it was, it was not intended to lead to the discussion. I think when we talked about working remotely, I didn't, I didn't expect that to have the response that it got, mm-hmm. but you know, it was a topic I was, this, this thing was more just like, okay, I want to talk about this cause it's on my mind and you know, here it is and do with it whatever you want. And in my experience, you know, being, as transparent as you possibly can with the audience, you know, is a good thing. And so this is where I am. And I was really, now it kind of goes back to the, you know, there is some kind of thing with a portion of the audience with me. What is it? And then nobody responds. Um, mm-hmm. Not nobody, but you know, the people who have the issue don't respond. Mm. Um, so anybody who, I don't say anybody, but most likely if you, don't like the idea of somebody myself or anybody else moving from St. Louis. Are you is likely to send an email in? You know what I mean? Yeah, same idea. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So therefore, we probably didn't get the the we didn't that the system does not allow to cast the widest net. But um, you know, it, it it was and I and I just got so many. I just I should have set aside kind of like okay, this one was a personal experience. This one is a theory as to why people you know are they have the thing with being disappointed when somebody moves away i do i what do you th- what do you think the reason is for that hmm i want to say for some people and it's you all have preface with some cuz there's no blanket statement absolutely statements. some and more so in st louis and the midwest in general have kids young like real young yes you know mid 20s and then you know, by the time they're 30, their kids are starting elementary school. And it's really difficult to move a kid out that early. And it can be done. It, people do it all the time, but it's difficult to move that kid and move your whole, uproot your family essentially and move. And some people do it, you know, they don't have kids until later. And then they can, they have that option of the kind of, moving away without necessarily uprooting anything you know it's it's almost like a a pivot more than it is a total move right so i think that in st louis more people and it's not like they're like mad they had kids but they are they might be unhappy that their situation isn't as fluid as someone without kids interesting that's the one that i hadn't thought of Mm -hmm. because what i read and I don't want to make this out to be like every email mentioned this, but a few of them did. You, it's not good when, you know, quote unquote, good people leave. Mm-hmm. And so it's a pride thing. It's a, it's a love for the city concern thing. Yeah, that's definitely. And, and now, you know, and so that's what it is. I do think perhaps what you just got into may tap into, it's like why it, you know, just just in general, not even with regards to moving. 
it's almost like if somebody comes out, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. You, you know, good. Because now they can they can be happy. Doesn't impact me in any way. Yeah. You know, but they're they're going to be happy. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's so. If somebody says we're moving because we want to do it, it's going to make us happy. I'm like, oh, good. Definitely. So, I, but it doesn't it doesn't impact. I mean, I mean, if it's, a, if it's a friend of mine, I suppose you you lose your friend. You know, in, in the sense that they're not going to be around all the time. But you know, this isn't like the the era of the covered wagon. Yeah, it's pretty easy you to can, get places nowadays. You no, know, I mean, it's I'm as I'm recording this, it's twelve fifty six Eastern. If I needed to be back in St. Louis by eight o'clock tonight. And I would probably fly out of Fort Lauderdale, which is about, you know, 55 minutes from here. I could be back in St. Louis by 8 o'clock tonight. Like if I needed, like like that. I mean, yeah, you know, no without even like a sweat, probably sooner. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's, you know, I, th- I and I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, but, I, but the thing is, Jackson, is in 2007, now this was New York, so it's a different deal. But I remember I had some people, and it wasn't a really, you know, that that was a that was a that was changing a career thing, so it was a different deal. But I remember a couple. I just can remember some people who I wasn't really close to, and they're just like, "Go, you've <laughs> got to go." And yeah. it's almost like they're like they they kind of didn't want to like say it, like so other people could hear it, but just like you don't realize it, you've got to go. You know, like <laughs> you know, uh-huh. here is here is how you here is how you can you know mm-hmm. get out. And it was almost like they're older, and they're like they kind of were saying it from a man. I wish I would have gone thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but to me, like, and listen, I love New York City big time. Yeah, love me New too. York City. Really love New York City way. And now I've, I haven't spent nearly as much time in Los Angeles as I have New York City, but I've spent time in both and I am much more on board with New York City. I think the reason is what I at least feel like it is realer. And by that, I mean authentic yeah. than, than Los Angeles. From a weather standpoint, obviously one is vastly superior. I don't anticipate living in either one. Um, so that, that's a, that's a you know it's a different conversation than in the New York LA with with Florida thing. While the weather is a big big part of it, uh, but it's not the only part of it. So, I, I, you know, I don't I don't know I don't I think I think if I if this were family food and I were ranking the answers and again I'm guessing, I think it is I think 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 it is that. St. Louis is unique with its pride in its region, and I'm talking about us, mm-hmm. um, not them, us, mm-hmm. because unlike other places, um, it is, if you are a native, there is a good chance you still live there. And if you are a resident, there's a good chance you grew up there. Yeah. Whereas, take your pick of, you know, if you want to type in top 25 TV markets and compare and contrast what your feel is for whether or not those are, you know, transient cities in comparison to St. Louis, I don't know if you will find any that are less transient than St. Louis in the top 25 TV markets. Could be wrong on that. Feel pretty comfortable with the assessment because I don't know what the hell's less transient than St. Louis anyway. So, you know, with that established, for those who want to see, you know, like the pride in the city, you know, and then the people get mad at people who move to the county, which is a thing. Which is, a, is it really? Oh, you didn't know that. Well, yeah, county, county born and raised, so. Yeah, but I, th- I think oftentimes, I could be wrong on this. this is, I guess, suppose this is a whole nother, this is a whole nother podcast. That's what I'm saying. We could do like 10 of these things a week, <laughs> and I really would. I just love doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a thing 
with, and I think sometimes it's people who grew up in the county, but then they live in the city and then they're like, you know, they have like the city flag or city on the back of their car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember somebody was, you know, when, when Maroon scored the game winning goal against Bishop. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Do you I remember that? You know where I'm going with yeah, this? Yeah, I remember. Oh God, that was, that, that <laughs> oh, wow, was really, this is, this is pretty obscure. Where am I going with this? That. Ben Bishop and Pat Maroon had the picture and the city flag was behind them and people got mad because they're both from the county. (laughs) When we say people, I want to make this clear. This is like, I think it was one person. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, for real. It's just like the the tweet and this guy's, you know. Probably deactivated. (laughs) People who know the guy. You're really kind of, you know, it's almost like citing like a troll. I mean, it's a guy really does exist, but he's kind of like a punchline. You know. So it's not like that's representative, but it's like didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, you know Ben Bishop is from wherever the hell he's from. Went to Chaminade, and Pat went to Oakville. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, oh wow, we're really doing that. But that is that is a thing. That is a thing. I'm not saying it's a prevalent thing. It's interesting that you weren't even aware of said thing. Yeah, no, I mean. I've spent and two I don't. Years. Th- and by the way, I think it's. I don't think it's like a, like St. Louis Hills, where I grew up, as part of the city. But I don't necessarily think of that in the same way as like when I'm thinking of the people who like are angry at like county people. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I think I think when they're angry at county people, I think it's almost like they're angry at Doug County people. And I'm not talking about Doug specifically, but like when Doug will, you know, start talking about the city, and like, well, you know, you don't go out or you don't live in the city and then Doug will say well I've worked in the city since 1988 so I've seen it firsthand but then they're like well you're talking about like the you know that the handful of blocks in downtown St. Louis yeah. you know these people are talking about like Lafayette Square and Tower Grove and Crondelet and I mm-hmm. suppose to an extent South City and you know Central West End it's not just about like the the four blocks that we would walk from our parking spot because we didn't have a garage which was wonderful <laughs> to kmov uh-huh. you know so it gets into a whole thing yeah it's a we it's a it's a it's I, I it was a war that i thought everybody was aware of but it's interesting that you weren't aware of it maybe maybe it's not as prevalent as, as i'm aware of sending your emails team recruiter at inside stl.com but my premise is this i think people are proud of because so many of us who grew up there uh live there and so many of us who live there grew up there and we want to see it get back on track you know, I mean, I think that essentially was Mark Montavani's campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he didn't want to do anything else politically. That was it, St. Louis County Executive. And mm-hmm. he's going, look at where we were when he started listing, listing where St. Louis was at this point in, in time and at this point. And now look where we are, and we're getting passed by cities. You know, now it's just like an accepted truth that Nashville is a better city than St. Louis. The idea of that, when St. Louis beat Nashville in the Super Bowl— the Rams and the Tennessee Titans, it, it, that, that wasn't even on, it, they weren't even, it's like, wow, Nashville has a football team. That's great. Weren't they in Memphis? And then a few years ago they were in Houston. Is that right? You know, am I following the, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's just like not even, so we're getting passed. And now I think, and I saw this with Lida Krusen in kind of like it was an exit interview for her as she uh, handed over the uh, reins of the uh, mayoral uh, office of the city of St. Louis to Tashara Jones and she said, St. Louis has so many issues, and I just don't think that they're going to be solved in my lifetime. And I'm kind of, I'm, that's where I am. Now, that doesn't mean now I don't love it. See, there was, there was this thing, I think this was kind of a Fox News thing, by the way, 
and hate me for saying it, it's not a, it's not an overall commentary on Fox News or MSNBC. There just was a thing for a time uh, that if you criticize the United States, and that meant you weren't a patriot. Mm. Um, and this, by the way, goes this is pre-Trumpian. Uh, I think Tea party more, shit. This yeah this, this uh, that if you if you but I think this was actually W, uh-huh. but. Um, because it certainly wasn't when Barack Obama was in you know, office. I remember a lot of criticism <laughs> during that time. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful you lie moment, which was, you know, obviously not condescending. So that if you love something, you can't criticize it. And my God, I, I, I am I'm coming from the absolute opposite spot. You think I give a shit about Kansas City, for example? I'm not going to criticize it because I don't care. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, okay, I know a lot of people from there, but I don't really have any ties to it, so I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. The places I'm going to criticize because I want to see it get better are the places I care about. Yep. So that, to me, is what illustrates criticism. I don't blindly follow something just because of uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I think that is where it comes from. I think that is where it comes from. And by that, I mean people care about it and they don't want to see people leave because that is an illustration that we are not moving forward we are falling behind and i understand i do i do i truly understand that but um you know i think it's a different thing if you're leaving and then you're not doing what you were doing Mm -hmm. and so i i think perhaps that's why you know it's a different situation when you're talking about still doing what you're doing but just living somewhere else and but like I said, Jackson, the people who are going to want to motherfuck me are not the people who, as we've learned, are the people who are actually going to email in. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to email in from a burner, yeah. feel free. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, if that if you, if it's an identity thing, I mean, I really don't care anyway. I'm, I'm amazed by how people just are using their full names, and that's great. You know, mm-hmm. but um, but just to to give the perspective. But listen, maybe people are like, yeah, I, Tim, if you, I don't give a fuck where you live. I like the show. And really, when it gets down to it, I, like, I really, really like Doug. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do whatever. I don't give a shit. You know, then maybe that's where people are. I, I honestly, I didn't anticipate, I did not anticipate the reaction. I didn't anticipate the passion. I didn't anticipate the autobiographical anecdotes, mm-hmm. um, both from people who have done it from people who didn't do it and sounded like they regretted it, or from people like the uh, 25-year-old gentleman, uh, Nick, uh, in law school in Champaign, who is in the midst of the decision. Yeah. You know? Um, it's interesting. Because I think, for example, Jackson, if we, mm-hmm. if we, you and I were doing this in Atlanta, mm-hmm. it, people would be like, the fuck? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. You know, I'd rather you break down the Atlanta Thrashers era versus you talk about people moving or coming or going from Atlanta. I mean, who the hell cares? Because everybody comes and goes from Atlanta. Yeah, huge transit city. Absolutely. You know, Tampa. Dallas. You know, New yeah. York, LA, whatever. Uh-huh. It's, it's, so, be like, okay, what the fuck? But this is different. Yeah, STL's different. And it's, a, it, you know, and that's why I'm, you know, part of it is career. Part of it is an actual career situation. That is that that's the, and that's the stuff I'm just not gonna. And maybe someday I'll get into it all. I don't know. I don't know if it, people really. I guess people do care, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. But um, but the other part is just yeah. Wow, I, I didn't expect this. Like I said, the very beginning of the podcast when John Hadley emailed me like in February or early March. Hey, just want to know if you know if you sign, you know, you can. We're cool with you living in Florida or South Carolina or the hell you want to live. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I'm like, oh, I appreciate it. It's not something I've ever even brought up, but thank you. Thank you for offering it. And now here we are, and I'm going, oh, my God, I think we really do want to do this. And that was just what was on my mind, not thinking, okay, I'm finally going to talk about it. This is the day I am going to talk about relocating from St. Louis. Yeah. That wasn't what the thought process was. It was not, this, this, uh, this has not been something that I anticipated this kind of response to. Mm-hmm. And then you sit there and you go, well, why? Why does it get the response? Why is there? And the ambition shaming thing, I don't think I've conveyed that properly at all. And by that, I mean, I don't know if I, I feel like an ambition shaming isn't, ambition, when I'm thinking of ambition shaming, I'm not talking about moving to another place. I'm talking about inside of St. Louis, if somebody starts to do well and they, they are in a position to because they like it, uh, have a nice car, for example. It's almost like you have to apologize for it, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know what that. Now I, I have to say this: in a way, I kind of like it. In a way, I kind of like it because where I am right now, I feel like it's the exact opposite. You have people who have no business driving like a Mercedes driving oh, yeah. a Mercedes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I don't, and I really don't know what that's about. At the same, I th- my theory here is my theory. This is this is when I start doing a, a Palm Beach podcast. Uh, <laughs> my theory is. Almost everybody who lives here is a real estate agent. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, you have to, it's like, I think, a net betting in American Beauty. Who would have thought we would cite American Beauty twice in this podcast? Love it. Parlayed that. Congratulations on hitting. Um, a net betting in American Beauty, you, you know, if you, if you want to convey success, you got to dress for success, or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And so she was driving nice cars, and the great Peter Gallagher was driving nice, whatever. Yeah. So that's the thing. And I think that's what, the, I think that's, what that's about. Because I'm going, I'm going and looking at places, and you know, every single real estate agent's got a Mercedes, and I'm like, you can't all be doing that well because there are only so many. Yeah, homes. seriously, there's only so much property. <laughs> right, exactly. Now they're building like crazy. Don't get uh, yeah, me wrong, but there's no still doubt. only so much land. But everybody's got a Mercedes, and that is the opposite. If anything, you know, I had a, I guess, I mean, well, I don't guess, it was a nice car. Mm-hmm. But I just whatever it wasn't because I'm like I need to make I need to send a message. I drive <laughs> like you know I drive three minutes to the studio and then yeah. I drive three minutes back and that's it. I'm kind of like the hell am I doing with this thing? Mm-hmm. So I like I don't know what the right word would be, but I got away from that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because I wanted to send a message. I was like, oh, this is a nice car. I'll get this. And you know, but and so I think that is rare in St. Louis. Certainly, in comparison to others, and I think that is a good thing. I, I I don't know why I think it's a good thing, but I just think it's a good thing. And maybe I need to dig into why I think that's a good thing. All these things are different episodes. This is like the family tree of episodes. Mm-hmm. But um, that is that is something that when I think people were thinking ambition, I meant ambition meaning leaving St. Louis, and that's not what I was talking about. Although that certainly can fall under the umbrella ambition. I'm talking about like people who start to do well in their 20s or 30s, early 30s, and like their peers, as opposed to being happy for them, start hating on them because they got a nice house. So they were able to get a nice house. So they were able to get a nice car, Mm -hmm. even though the car thing isn't as big of a deal in St. Louis as it is in other places, which, to restate, I'm on board with. Um, And I'm not talking about like getting a nice new car. I'm talking about like, you know, like the Mercedes thing, yeah. and it, I mean, this is an anti-Mercedes thing. I'm not saying that. I'm just talking. I'm talking about you know luxury, flashy cars for the sake of attempting to get laid. Basically, I mean, you know, it's, I think it's yeah. the root of it all as it is. So that or selling a home in Palm Beach County. 
So that's what I'm talking about. And I don't know what that is about. I don't know if the two are tied together in that they're, by, they're bound by insecurity. I'm insecure because you're leaving St. Louis, and that means I'm stuck behind. I'm insecure because you clearly are now making a nice amount of money, and I'm still doing what I'm doing. I don't know if that's it. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Uh, Jackson, and I don't think you at 23 and fresh out of college, I don't think that that is something, I think at this point, all your peers are as ambitious as hell. Yeah. But inevitably, some will get ahead and some will fall behind. For sure. And I think, for to me at least, personally, I'm not ever like jealous of someone making like a ton of money because I have friends who make good livings, a couple of engineers who do real well. Uh, I'm jealous of the people who are like really happy. Well, not jealous because I am very happy, but I view success as someone who's like extremely happy and with what they do and, you know, live comfortably, but are just happy. And right. And, and that's the game. I mean, that, that's the thing to me. That's the best currency. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I know people who the people I know who make a lot of money don't necessarily are enthused every day of their job or don't like the company culture or you know don't like the corporation thing but you know they make a nice living but to me and God bless them because at the end of the day like you said happiness doesn't pay the bills but I I view success I guess differently than some where happiness and being content with what you're doing and getting satisfaction out of each day to me is is more valuable than dollars and cents i and that's the thing and i don't know maybe that's like i don't maybe that's m- more common now than i think back it, in the i day. think it is i think people yeah yeah i agree i don't know I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to. I don't know. There's a there's a lot here. There's a lot for people to email in if they want to email in. I Tim think the pandemic is part of that. What's that action, Jared? I was. I, I think the pandemic is also part of that, where people are like. That's one of the theories. I was texting with a friend of mine who lives down here, mm-hmm. and he's just he's been trying to buy. He just can't get a house. You yeah. cannot. It is not. <laughs> it's it's so weird. Although yeah. I'm my understanding is that's the case in St. Louis. I mean, I don't say you can't get a house, but the inventory is ridiculously low, which yeah. is why I need to be pre-approved with Ryan Kelly, the home expert dot com. Absolutely. Um, but the uh, he's just like it's. He goes, I I think what's because I asked my broker what the hell's going on because he's been here for a while. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I think one of the, obviously the pandemic, but the what the pandemic did for people who. Maybe we're thinking they would come down and live here in their 60s and 70s. Perhaps in their 50s or early 60s, they go, shit, this isn't guaranteed that I'm going to have that. Mm -hmm. Let's do it now. What the hell are we waiting for? Mm -hmm. And so it became this awareness that perhaps I was talking about is not necessarily, it was more like a curse to have, which is time is going fast. You might not even get it anyway. And then therefore, you know, do it while you can, especially if you're living in the Northeast or Midwest and the weather sucks, you know, half the year mm-hmm. and you can, and you don't have to. And then on top of it now, because of the pandemic, you can work remotely. You know, I was yeah. talking with somebody, um, and I, 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 if the person, cause I know the person listens to the podcast wanted me to share this, I would do so, but I don't know that he, he would. So I won't. Um, and this person was talking about how they haven't been to the office uh, for more than five minutes in 13 months. Mm. And that was something that was a regular part of of his, you know, life. I mean, daily. I'm probably, you know, God, I don't even know. I would imagine nine, ten hours. He's like, I'm, and, and it's just, he goes, it's changed. 
And he goes, if people aren't aware that it's changed, then, you know, in a way I feel badly for them. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, again, there are places in their careers where it, 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 you have to be in an office. Different, obviously, a doctor, for example, yeah. police officer, a firefighter. You know, th- 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 this is, of course, not across the board. But percentage-wise, it has changed. I don't believe percentage-wise it will even be close to the same in two years of where it was pre-pandemic. Not even remotely close. If it is, I will be stunned. Again, talking about trends on this thing, that is a trend that to me is a lock. And so if that is the case, then people go, well, shit, I don't have to, I don't have to pay Manhattan rent. Yeah. I don't have to. You know, I mean, I, I don't feel like Boston is a place that's cited often on this podcast is where our listeners have lived or were moved to or have job opportunities. But as an example, I mean, it's a, an historic city, yeah. but it's certainly not optimal from a weather standpoint and cost of living standpoint. Now, OK, I can work for that company, but I'm going to do all my meetings via Zoom from my home office. Why in the world would you live there? Yeah. Now, if you like it or if your wife's family's from whatever, then those are factors. But I'm talking about if all those things are equal, then why in the hell wouldn't you? And so, you know, I was talking with my neighbor down here on, uh, I guess, Saturday. And this is Monday. And he's like, the prices have never been higher. He goes, but I don't think it's done. I go, it's not done at all, which is why I think from an investment standpoint, it is the play. That, to me, the play right now would be to invest in real estate in areas like this Mm -hmm. because it's only going to it's not changing and then also you have there is a fear which i guess works to your advantage whether it's a real thing or not a fear of the biden administration leading to higher taxes or you have state by state with taxes florida obviously total opposite end of the spectrum and you have people from the north keys going we're not going to live we don't want that we're getting Mm -hmm. away from that Mm -hmm. and so people are moving for that reason too yeah the pandemic the realization the pandemic the ability to work remotely the pandemic i don't need to be in the cold weather i can live in warmth it's not changing. There are only so many miles in the country that have it, and so if you ha- if you own it, <laughs> you're in a good position Definitely. because I think it's only going to go up. And I think there the edges because people are going, oh, it's at a high now. Don't buy now. It's at a high. When in reality, yes, it is at a high now, but I think it is only going to go higher. And mm-hmm. so the edge is to actually buy now, even though that's counterintuitive because it's actually at its peak. But if it's only going up, then you buy. So, do mm-hmm. that. Do with that what you want. As yeah. We're giving uh, real estate tips here on the program that are, <laughs> by the way, as, as kindergarten level as possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me talk about Munganest. Uh, Munganest, the sponsor of our seven o'clock hour on the Ryan Kelly Morning After and of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson have wonderful deals for you. How about this? At stlouisacura.com. They have just earned an extra allocation of 2020 Acura MDXs. No money down. You can get a three-year lease. No money down. 36 months, 387 a month, 10,000 miles per year. Yes, 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 and yes. Doug's been driving one of those things, and he loves it. That's mm-hmm. at stlouisacura.com, plus a ridiculous pre-owned selection uh, at both altontoyota.com and stlouisacura.com. You can call Clayton Patterson or Jamie Burkhardt, 314 822 2872. That's 314 822 2872. 
the official automotive provider of the Ryan Kelly Morning After and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He is a great guy. Major recommendation for Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. This is going to go into the weeds a little bit. I've been thinking about this. I think so highly of Mark. We've kind of BSed about life stuff before. Yep. And I mean, I, I have a, I mean, he's an advertiser, but I have a good relationship, like a close relationship with everybody who, I mean, Jim yeah. Rogers, Seth Goldcamp, Mark Hanna, Ryan Kelly, uh, Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson. Who am I leaving out? Who am I leaving out? I leave out Mark. I, who am I leaving out? Who am James I leaving Carlton, out? Ryan Kelly. James Carlton. Yes. My goodness. That I can have these conversations, you know, like James texted me and he loved the the, the Masters deep dive we did last week and yeah. like the Daily Fantasy. And he goes, you're exactly right. The, uh, what was it? What was the, 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 the chalky three from the Masters that won the million? Spieth. Shoffley. Casey. No, no, no. It wasn't Shoffley. Spieth, Casey, and Connors. Yeah. So the winning roster had like 110% ownership percentage. I mean, it was yeah, just square crazy. fest. But it happens. Yep. And he goes, you're exactly right. That's like King Jack winning a hand. I'm like... It's the thing, and I love when somebody gets where I'm coming from because now we're we're on the same page with it. And I know that the, they they catch the language that I'm speaking. Well, Mark, I really might actually because I'm in a I'm in a world that maybe Mark's going to listen to this, and if I don't call him, he'll text me and say, "Let's get on the phone and talk about it all." Uh, I just think that highly of him. Uh, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and that's I guess maybe what I'm telling you by saying that is that he's not just you know okay you know you ought to allocate some dollars for this and I put some money here. That's not just what it's about. Um, he, he's just—it's a different kind of operation. I had somebody who works in finance going, "Boy, you aren't kidding." I got to know him, and he just is—he really is different. He works with everyday people every day. Three one four eight eight nine zero five zero three, or go online at evergreenstl.com. And finally, Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com for seventeen dollars a month. For seventeen dollars a month. You can get Design Air Heating and Cooling's maintenance providership. That's that. They're going to come in. They're going to make sure you're in good shape. You're not going to get blindsided with some monster issue as long as the thing's being maintained. It's not going to be like, oh, you got to get a brand new one now after we've been coming in here for five months. That's not the way. So seventeen dollars a month. That's like insurance, is what that is. Uh, it's the best. And Seth's service is the best. The staff is truly the best. I love that we are associated with them because. They really are the best. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com. And while I know it's going to be cool in St. Louis this week, inevitably within a month you know we're going to be in the 90s. So make sure that you get it taken care of now. Get that air conditioning checked now. Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. All right. I, how, if we, did, we, did we go three hours? No, did we go no, three hours? Two hours. Two hours. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm looking at. I'm looking at it like I started at ten. Yeah, I was. Okay, uh, I started at eleven. Yeah, yeah. I'm on my East Coast uh, clock, and yeah. I'm like, God, boy, if we went three hours and it didn't feel anything like that, holy yeah. shit! I gotta. I, I would gotta have to go see somebody. I would have to pee a lot worse if we had gone three hours. Okay, I'm barely so have to hours. pee at two hours. Maybe not even two hours. Yeah, two hours right. and two minutes. Because I'm. I looked at my clock and I. Oh my God! It's one nineteen. Yeah. And I've been talking for three hours, and I started at eleven nineteen. No. I could keep going, by the way. Yeah, but I know. Too. I know you have somehow at twenty three, you have some kind of prostate issue. It's wild. And it's wild. And it's a, <laughs> it's a real issue for you. On my way to Columbia, I had to stop twice. To oh go my pee. god! Yeah. To be fair, I drank a cup of. 
two a cup or two of coffee, a bunch of water, and I had a smoothie from Smoothie King, and so I was drinking all of that, and I had to pee, but I didn't think I'd have to pee. It was like two times in a 25-mile span. It was wild. My brother and dad have similar issues, so. So this is a hereditary thing? Yeah. Bladder like a coin purse. Boy, do you have to get up in the middle of the night? Tell me you don't no, have to do that. No, that very, very lucky. But every, the second I wake up, it's like that. It actually gets me up out of bed. I have to pee so bad. Yeah, no, so that, it's that, actually kind of nice. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to enter that arena, and mm-hmm. it's, it's no good. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on pissing in the middle of the night? Your thoughts <laughs> on Jackson having to stop twice to piss on his way to Columbia? Did he and honestly, travel? That he traveled from from the east. I know. Did he, did he travel around the Plus, world? Plus, when I got to Columbia, I also had to pee. So it was really like three times. My goodness. Yeah, it's wild. That is something else. Um, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Enjoyed the podcast. Thank you to the sponsors who make it possible. The great Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com. Uh, the great James Carlton. Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, carltoninsurance.net. The great Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com. Munganass, the official automotive provider of the Ryan Kelly Morning After and the Tim McKernan Show, stlouisaccurate.com, altontoyota.com, Jim Rogers of Restoration One of centralstlouis.com and American Environmental, and Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com. For Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle, Sauce Boss, I'm Tim McKernan. You're always welcome to email in any time. I enjoy it. And let me know. Do you want me to read your name or not? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. Feel free. Anonymous, not, whatever. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Any topic is w- w- welcome. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Tim McKernan's show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.